0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: It's signing day, Canes Nation. Well, the early signing day, that is, coming up here in about eleven hours. And the Miami Hurricanes have a whole assortment of guys that they very clearly want. The question, as we go into this early period, is who wants Miami? As the hours count down to tomorrow morning's early signing day, the Miami coaching staff is sitting on pins and needles tonight as some of their biggest targets are playing hard to get. And the program sits at number 41 in the rivals' team recruiting rankings, which is seventh best in the ACC alone. Clemson is at number four, FSU is at number 13, Virginia Tech is at 29, Virginia is at 32, Pitt is at 36, and Duke is at 39th. It's a stunning situation that hopefully Miami could start to leave with some positive news beginning tomorrow. But there is no question that recruiting in this 2018 cycle, 2019 cycle, for the Hurricanes is going to extend far beyond tomorrow's early signing day. With several guys, it's going to go into January and right on up until the old customary signing day in February. So a lot of drama still left ahead. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of CaneSport.com. And I welcome you once again to CaneSport Live, presented this season by Sicilian Oven, with six restaurants throughout the South Florida area. At Sicilian Oven, you'll not only love the taste, you'll taste the love. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563 999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. We have 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. We'll use the same system as always. You call in, you hit the number one on your keypad. That puts you in the queue to come on the show, and we bring you on the show in the order peer in the queue. We once again ask the subscribers at Canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we will address those as we move forward here this evening. Okay, so the early signing day is tomorrow, and today I was able to ask Mark Rick for his thoughts on where things stand heading into big day number one. Here's what he had. What's thoughts on recruiting?
2: Uh, it's a battle royal out there. For sure, uh, but uh, we'll find out more. We're not, we're not 100% sure of uh, what's going to come in, to be honest with you. you know, we, There's a bunch of them we feel very confident. And there's some we're just not sure.
1: So Rick had a smile on his face as he discussed the current situation. But let's be honest, okay? It, it's far from ideal right now. Before we go to your calls, let's take a moment and review exactly where Miami stands at this point in time as we begin the show this evening. I'll go through this position by position. Quarterbacks, as of right now, we're not aware of any high school quarterback recruits on the radar for Miami. You know that they put a big effort into Oregon product Michael Johnson earlier in the recruiting cycle. He decided he was gonna go to Penn State and there really wasn't a plan B. So Miami, in the last few weeks, tried to get into the game with Sam Howell. Howell is a Florida State commitment. He uh, had a close relationship with the FSU offensive coordinator who recently left Tallahassee. So there was a feeling, and a pretty accurate one, that his recruitment uh, was back open. And to a degree, it was. So John Rick. Went to North Carolina and visited Howell. Mark Richt also made a trip up there. And for a while, it looked like Howell was going to visit this past weekend for one day because he had an all-star game up there to attend that was like a week-long event. And that tightened up his schedule, and he, didn't, he wasn't going to have time for a full Miami visit. So the hope was that he would come in Saturday – and Stadel Sunday, the, 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 um, the dead period began late last night. But that never materialized. And Howell decided that he was not going to make the visit to Miami and began to zero in on North Carolina. So he's going to sign with North Carolina or Florida State. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't have an update on that because I stopped paying attention once Miami was out of the picture. Um, but he'll sign with either North Carolina or Florida State tomorrow. And that one is clearly off the table. All right. So it also looked like in the past, I'd say, week to 10 days that the Hurricanes were developing a couple backup plans at quarterback. There was Kinique Bonner-Stewart from Cornelius, North Carolina, Huff High School. And he's a Temple commit, ironically, getting ready to go play for Manny Diaz at Temple. And then there was a, a kid by the name of Charlie Dean from Tampa Hillsboro um, who also was hearing from Miami a little bit. Um, neither one of them in the last several days had ongoing dialogue with the Hurricanes any longer. So right now it looks to us like there will not be a high school quarterback in this class. However, uh, I, I don't think that changes the fact that they need to get a quarterback, at least one from somewhere Um I I personally think that the situation right now is very tenuous. Uh you've got Nicozy Perry. Everybody's got different opinions on Nicozy. Um, I don't think you can definitively say what Miami has here going into next season. Uh obviously bowl game first, but into next season, uh Nicozy has shown a propensity for bad decisions off the field. And I just don't see how the coaches can feel very secure right now with Nicosi slotted in as, as a starting quarterback for 2019 and beyond. Cade Weldon has had a rough year this year with the suspensions and stuff. Really hasn't had a chance to show much. Uh, Jaron Williams, uh, same situation. And when, I wa- when I've watched him lately – on the practice field. And, and this could change certainly by the spring, but right now he just doesn't look close to me to being ready to be a starting quarterback at Miami. I don't know, you know, th- there have been such high hopes, you know, for him and, you know, hopefully he works hard the next few months and comes into spring ready to compete with Nikosi and, you know, make it a, a, a genuine competition. Um, right now, you know, I don't know why or what, But he just doesn't look great in the time that we've been able to watch him on the practice field. Now, we're not seeing entire practices. We're seeing bits and pieces, um, but just hasn't looked phenomenal from what I'm seeing. So I I don't feel he's close. And like I said, I hope that changes by spring practice and it, it becomes a more complete situation. So I have a feeling that there's something cooking behind the scenes here with a grad transfer a regular transfer or both on the radar and we'll see down the road uh, how that develops. It, it might be a long shot or it just might not be one. We don't know yet. But one guy that I would keep an eye on is Justin Fields. He's the freshman quarterback at Georgia who reportedly has told the Bulldogs that he will transfer after the season. Now, look, Miami's going to be a long shot on face value to land Fields. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Coming out of high school, he's going to have interest from just about everybody. And the Miami hand is not as strong as you would like to see it right now uh, at this moment in time. But Fields is friends with wide receiver recruit Jaden Hazelwood. And Hazelwood has been in heavy flirtation with Miami for months now. And there, you know, there's a decent chance that he decides to come to Coral Gables. And if that were to happen... And we're not predicting it right now tonight either way because this could go either way with Miami and Georgia. Um, but if that were to happen, we would not be the least bit shocked if Fields joined Hazelwood uh, here at Miami. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that one plays out. That'll be some drama, I think, in January, maybe into February. Uh, but I do think there's a chance there. So that's where we see quarterbacks. All right, running backs. A lot of mystery here as well with the decommit of Marcus Crowley a few weeks ago to Ohio State. And um, right now, it looks like Auburn transfer Asa Martin has a real good chance to land in this class. We, We think he's coming. It sounds like Miami's his main option. He visited this past weekend, but he has not been responding to calls. in in the last few days. So we're not 100% sure that he's going to show up on the list tomorrow or not, but we think he will. And and that's where that stands right now. Uh, Another running back just to keep an eye on, but this is going to extend into next year, is Jalen Mitchell from Rockledge. Uh, He will likely commit to the Canes if he gets an offer, but Thomas Brown is not ready to extend that offer as of yet. Uh, Mitchell has been told by Miami that he has to wait until January to find out uh, right now, it's Miami or Toledo. So, Mitchell's in no rush, and uh, it looks like he will wait to find out. All right, then there's Mark Anthony Richards, Palm Beach, Wellington, brother of Aman. you think he'd be a slam dunk to Miami, but his recruitment is, has not really been playing out that way. He's making trips to Florida, Auburn, Penn State, Tennessee. Um, nobody really seems to know what Mark is really going to do, and I happened to bump into Amon today and discuss uh, Mark Anthony's situation a little bit with him. And, you know, Amon told me he would love to see Mark follow in his footsteps and, and, and go to Miami. But uh, he said he has no idea what his brother is going to end up doing and that his brother was just enjoying taking visits and the whole recruiting process. We think there's still a decent chance that he ends up at Miami, but he won't sign with anybody until February. The other running back Miami was recruiting DJ Williams from Sebring high school. Uh, he has told us he will not be going to Miami. Not sure what his ultimate destination is, but um, he started getting a lot of interest from a lot of schools here in the last month of recruiting. And uh, obviously that Appalachian state commitment that he made early in the process is going by the wayside. Hi, right, wide receivers, Miami, has a solid commit and should get us a letter of intent tomorrow from Jeremiah Payton from Neptune beach, Fletcher high a real solid receiving prospect. Um, So that one should be good. Uh, A lot of conversation in the last week with John Dunmore, Hollywood Chaminade. He's been a Penn state commit kind of started showing a little bit more interest in Miami over the last week to 10 days. Uh, But it looks to us right now tonight, as if he is going to go ahead and sign with Penn State tomorrow. So barring a, a flip back to, a flip to Miami tonight, uh, we look for John Dunmore to sign with Penn State in the morning. Jaden Hazelwood, I mentioned him a moment ago, uh, five-star receiver out of Ellenwood, Georgia. Uh, was a Georgia commit early in the process, decommitted, opened himself up, and has really been showing an enormous amount of interest in Miami. And we still think that the Canes have a really good chance to get him, but it's a Miami Georgia battle. Um, I guess you could say it could go either way. He wants to announce at the army all American game in January, but he's going to be an early entry student. So what we expect to happen tomorrow is that he will sign financial aid papers from Miami and Georgia and uh, hold off on submitting a letter of intent to, to the school of his choice until a later date and not quite sure how that's going to all play out from a timing standpoint, but he's going to try to keep what he's doing a secret until the army game, the first week of January. Um, That'll be interesting to see if he's able to do that. Uh, But that's his plan. And you're going to see a pattern of this because I think these all-star games are trying real hard to maintain relevance and are doing everything they can to coerce these kids to wait until the all-star game appearance to make their announcements during the national TV broadcast, which obviously would appease their sponsors. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of trickle down effect to all of this. So uh, this might be a new pattern of guys trying to conceal their choices here in the third week of December so that they can make an announcement on TV two weeks later okay another receiver to keep an eye on as we go into the next cycle here in January is TJ Jones from Lake City Columbia High School right now he's not listing any favorites and he is waiting until February to pick the school of his choice all right tight end long-standing commitment from Tampa Jesuits Larry Hodges that looks rock solid he should sign tomorrow now this is where it gets kind of interesting. Miami has put an enormous effort into recruiting Keon Zipper from Lakeland High School. Uh, Todd Hartley has done his usual bang up job recruiting Zipper, getting in the mix. And for weeks now, it has looked like Zipper would choose the Hurricanes. But that started to change, I'd say, in the last seven days. And uh, Florida has. has also done a very good job recruiting zipper. Florida has traditionally owned Lakeland uh, I mean you know it's a Gator stronghold, and I would say as of right now, tonight, this one can go either way tomorrow. and um it's looking like Florida, we'll be honest, but uh you know we've been told that Miami and Bama are not quitting till papers are signed and uh we'll see how that goes but as of right now we think zipper is going to florida uh another tight end out there is unlv commit ramad smith from homestead he's been a backup plan for miami but uh committed to unlv and he has told unlv he is going to wait to see if something materializes with miami if they don't get zipper there's a chance that ramad smith gets a committable offer from miami and uh just keep an eye on that one. He could emerge in the class as we move past the new year. Uh, Circling back for a moment. uh, We're hearing scuttlebutt tonight on Jaden Hazelwood that now Oklahoma is also in the picture with Miami and Georgia. Uh, And you know, there there's been that speculation on Justin Fields possibly going to Oklahoma. Uh, So, that one looks like it could be starting to get a little bit dicey for Miami. Uh, now they could have two schools they're competing with for Hazelwood as we go into tomorrow. Um, in Oklahoma, which obviously would be trying to get Justin Fields and Hazelwood there. Um, and Georgia, which is losing Fields, which is you know potentially hurting them in the race. And then, of course, Miami, which had been doing very well with Hazelwood um until the recent string of problems here might have softened that a little bit. So we'll continue to monitor that and bring you the news there uh as it comes in. And um well I'll get to this other one that we just got some information on in a minute when I get to defensive line, but let's talk offensive lineman now. Evan Neal, five-star out of Bradenton IMG Academy has been Miami's biggest priority on the offensive line in this recruiting cycle. And uh, there have been times it seemed to be going well, uh, but you know, other times not so much. So, and uh, Bama is believed to be leading there. Georgia has gotten into the mix there as well. Uh, we believe Miami's a long shot. We, we think he's probably going to go to Bama, uh, but uh, there's a supposedly some type of family meeting that's going to be going on tonight. And, We'll see what happens with that, but uh, it would be a surprise at this point if Evan Neal picked Miami. Uh, We think he's going to Bama. All right, so the Canes got a commitment from Ja'Kai Clark from Loganville, Georgia. He had been committed to Illinois, visited December 7th, and he's a center prospect and looks like he's a solid commit and will sign with Miami tomorrow. The Hurricanes also were able to flip Zion Nelson. Uh, He's about a 245-pound project. They're going to have to develop him physically out of Sumter, South Carolina High School. They were able to flip him from Appalachian State. Now, these two guys were late in the game because Miami, quite frankly, has been scrambling uh, with its offensive line recruiting. You know about the decommitments commitments um, of Michael Tarquin and and Kingsley Echocon earlier. Um, this month and that really set off a a mad scramble to try to find some offensive line recruits to bring into the program and uh, not going to sugarcoat this either. This is not the ideal situation. Uh, You know, Clark and Nelson, maybe they'll be developed into good prospects and good players down the road, but these were not top of the shelf uh, prospects. They, They just weren't. And, um, you know, we'll we'll see how, how that evolves going forward. But on one hand, the Canes did a good job getting in the game with these guys and, you know, locking them in. But on the other hand, you know, you, you'd hate to see them having to scramble here at the end to get a three-star who was going to Illinois and a two-star that was going to Appalachian State. Um, so – You know, that that that's that's where it stands with those guys. Now, there's another kid, Adam El Gamal from Middle Village, New York, Christ the King High School, who decommitted from Cincinnati last night after visiting Miami this past weekend. And we think he's a likely flip to the Hurricanes, but he may wait till February to sign. So we don't know if he's going to come in tomorrow or not. Uh, It's right now. It's looking like he's going to wait till February. A guy that could come in tomorrow is a grad transfer from Butler University by the name of Tommy Kennedy. Uh, He's a guy that started to get a lot of interest from some of the bigger schools uh, in the last, I'd say, several weeks. And uh, Oklahoma jumped in on him. Auburn jumped in. Miami was his first big offer, and he visited the Canes December 14th. And right now, we think Tommy Kennedy will land in this class tomorrow. Not a not a guarantee by any stretch. He hasn't declared a commitment or anything like that, but we think there's a decent chance that the hurricanes get Kennedy. Dante Lucas is a kid that's bounced around with, and and for some reason just kept coming back to Miami and, 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 you know, kind of, I don't know what the proper word is, you know, maybe tormenting Stacy Cyrils a little bit. Uh, little bit of a flaky kid now. I I I you know I, I, it looks to us like he's going to go to Florida State. I personally just from what I've seen don't think that, that this is a major loss for Miami. Um, he's a big kid, but he struggles in pass blocking and uh I don't I I, I don't think that they're going to miss Dante Lucas. Just my opinion. Like maybe I'll be proven wrong down the road, but um I think he's going to Florida State and don't think it's a big loss another guy that miami's been recruiting pretty hard is darius washington out of pensacola he's been a mississippi state commit um we think he still is a mississippi state commit it doesn't look to us right now like he's going to flip he may even wait till february to sign with somebody but he's been kind of quiet the past few weeks so we don't really know what darius washington's going to do and you know, Mark Rick made that comment about how they don't really know what's coming in tomorrow. And you're kind of seeing a pattern here of why they probably feel that way. There's a lot of these kids that are kind of on the fence and aren't really haven't really declared themselves to this point, And there'll be a lot of suspense going in. Uh, Renato Brown is a kid from Palm Beach Central that Miami once took a commitment from, uh, no longer committed. Uh, He's going to be a February signee, but right now we don't think he's going to factor in with the Hurricanes. Um, If Evan Neal suddenly comes, uh, keep an eye on his brother, Edric Neal, who could come as a package deal or as a walk-on, preferred walk-on. And then another guy to keep an eye on going into the new year is Nick Penley from Canton, Georgia, Creekview High School. Uh, He's got visits to Mississippi State and USC upcoming. He's going to visit Miami. In January, he'll sign with somebody in February. We think there's a chance there for Nick Penley, so he's, he's another one to watch. All right, defensive line. That's been a busy, busy spot for the Hurricanes in this cycle. Firm commitment from Jason Blissett from Brooklyn, New York, Poly Prep. Uh, we think that one's solid, and he'll sign tomorrow. Uh, Jafari Harvey, a kid that I really, really like. I think he's going to be one of the gems of this recruiting class. Defensive end from Vero beach high school. He's solid. He'll sign tomorrow. And, uh, Harvey's going to fit in just great into this Miami defense. He's Got great pass rushing skills. And, um, like I said, I really think he's one of the, one of the key catches in this class, uh, defensive tackle Jalar Holly made a little bit of weird noise. Coming off his visit this past weekend, um, maybe felt like there were too many kids on the visit and he didn't get the attention that he was looking for. Uh, But the last we heard on him is that's not going to affect anything. And he is still going to go ahead. We believe and sign with Miami tomorrow. Uh, Jason Munoz, defensive tackle prospect from Fort Lauderdale, St. Thomas Aquinas. He should be all solid and ready to go tomorrow. And same thing with Cam Williams, um, who has been committed to Miami for, God, it seems like ages now. And um, he's from Hollywood Chaminade, and hes um, he should sign tomorrow as well. All right, now the drama. Let's talk about Chris Bogle. Uh, very highly regarded defensive end, Fort Lauderdale Cardinal Gibbons High School. He said he would make some kind of announcement tonight. And that announcement just came in. This is what he said. What a blessing. I will be announcing my college decision January 5th, 2019, live on NBC at the All-American Bowl. No interviews until after the 5th. All right. So Bogle's not talking. We, We were on the phone yesterday with his coach. Bogle was sitting in the office and passed... The news that he's sent out to the public right now, that he's going to wait till the 5th and, and not sign anywhere tomorrow, um, passed that on to us yesterday. We reported it on canesport.com. Uh, so it, this has been believed to be a Miami-Bama battle, but it's clear others could still get in the mix here with more time. Um, you'd have to classify this development in the last 24 hours as a disappointment. Since he just visited Miami this past weekend, I'm sure the Canes really wanted to lock him in this past weekend. He's he's been a guy that's been a huge priority in this class. But Bama's done a good job recruiting him, too. And uh, I'm sure he's a little nervous about Bama. He he doesn't really fit Bama, to be quite honest. Uh, Bogle is a lean, tall, um, pass rushing defensive end who doesn't really have the body for SEC football, in my opinion, uh, might be making a bit of a mistake if he goes to Bama. I, I, I got to believe Bama is looking at him as like a situational third down pass rushing kind of guy um, where it, it just would seem like his skill set better fits the ACC. And uh, I think that helps Miami in this deal. Uh, but where he's, you know, what he's going to do when he announces at the Army game remains to be seen, and we're just going to have to sit tight on that one. Uh, Jared Hunte, Middle Village, New York, Christ the King, visited this past weekend. Canes are in it. Uh, Penn State has been his leader for a while, but he is now going to wait until February to sign, it looks like, so we don't expect him to sign tomorrow. Another defensive lineman Miami's been recruiting is Lloyd Summerall. He's Keon Zipper's teammate um, up there at Lakeland. Uh, Like Zipper, it's looked for a long time like he was likely to be a cane, but everything we're hearing is that Summerall is going to go to school with Zipper. So if Zipper picks Florida, Summerall will probably go to Florida as well. And right now, that's what it's looking like. but. We know Hartley is not giving up tonight. He's put an awful lot of effort into this. He's built a relationship with the families. And uh, like I said with, with Zipper, we're told that Miami is not given up on this thing until papers are fact somewhere. So uh, we'll see what happens in the morning. Uh, but right now, it's looking like Zip, Summerall and Zipper are going to Florida. All right, some guys that you've seen us writing about who have been recruited, uh, I'll touch on them very quickly here. Uh, Tyler Davis from Apopka, he's told us consistently Miami's in his top four, but we think he's headed elsewhere, probably Ohio State. Uh, Justin Ebogipe, the Bama commit, we think he's sticking with Bama, uh, even though he did visit Miami. Quashon Fuller, who's been to Miami a lot, Um, he's going to wait till February. The Canes are in it if they decide they want him. We're not sure if they will or not. Uh, We'll see what happens in January. And then Derek Hunter, uh, we think he's going to end up sticking with Florida State, um, but he's been talking a little bit with Miami lately as well. All right, linebackers, Sam Brooks was committed for a while, decommitted for a day, recommitted. Looks like he's solid. The Miami Northwestern High School prospect should sign with the Canes tomorrow. Avery Huff from um, St. Thomas. Also should be a solid commit and sign tomorrow. Uh, Keep an eye on Octavius OC Brothers Jr. from Rockledge High. Looks like he's going to visit Miami in January and will be a February signee. Uh, Another guy that should visit in January is Jamar Brown from St. Thomas. Uh, We're going to try to talk to him tomorrow and see what's up. but uh, He's also been telling us that he will visit Miami in January and a long shot because he has not visited is uh, James Gordon from plant city high, even though he was being recruited uh, pretty heavily by Miami defensive back solid commit and signing tomorrow should come from the Corey couch from Chaminade, Keontra Smith, his teammate at Chaminade. We think they're both solid. Now the drama Tyreek Stevenson, um, Southridge high, this one's been a big-time Miami-Georgia battle all the way through, and uh, too close to call. We have, no, we have no idea. We think Miami has a shot, uh, but certainly can't predict it because for, there was a, many a moment throughout this recruiting process that it looked like Tyreek Stevenson was going to Georgia. Now, obviously, great opportunity for him at Miami. He's got a great relationship with Ephraim Banda, who's now been elevated to the co-defensive coordinator spot. He's got a lot of friends on the Miami team, has spent a lot of his free time hanging out with those friends on the Miami campus. So a lot of reasons for Tyreek Stevenson to stay home and play at Miami. He's got his mom. He's got his twin sister, uh, very close with. But his mom told us the other day that it wouldn't bother her if he left town. She, that she kind of almost, you know, embraced him leaving town and going to Georgia. Uh, so it's just hard to, hard to say where this one's going and, um, probably won't know tomorrow because Tyreek, uh, like some of these other guys has said that he probably will not sign a letter of intent tomorrow and will lean towards making his announcement at the army game. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. We'll be at Southridge High in the morning. We'll try to talk to Tyreek and see what's up. But we're not expecting a signing tomorrow, which I'm sure does, it does not make Miami happy because they would have liked to have locked him in and been done with this one. Another guy to keep an eye on, Johnny Dixon from Tampa Chamberlain uh, visited December 7th. It looks like it's Miami or South Carolina for him. Could go either way. Uh, right now, it's looking like Akeem Dent from Palm Beach Central High is going to stay with FSU. Um, but there is a chance that he will not sign tomorrow and that he will visit Miami in January. So we're going to keep a close eye on that and see if he does or does not sign with Florida State in the morning um, or make a surprise flip to Miami. But we don't see that happening tomorrow. If it happens, we think it'll be in the next cycle. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh Similar situation with Kair Elam from Palm Beach Gardens, Uh, Benjamin. uh, Miami started recruiting him about the middle of the season. It's a Miami-Florida battle. Uh, We we believe it's a Miami-Florida battle. He visited December 7th. Uh, He's another one that's been making noise about waiting until February. And then continue to keep an eye on Martin Emerson. He's a Mississippi State commit out of Pensacola as well. Uh, He has told us very consistently Miami's been in it. He visited this past weekend, uh, but it is looking like he's going to also wait until February to sign. He has a couple more visits. He wants to take in January and uh, doesn't look like Emerson will sign with anybody tomorrow. And then you know about the junior college punter, Lewis Headley from city college of San Francisco in California. Um, He's solid as well. Um, for, we're not sure why or what on this, but there has been some conversation that he may not sign till February. Not sure what's up with that, but uh, he is a solid part of, the, of this class. All right, so that's where things are at the moment. And we're going to go out to the phones, but there was one more interesting exchange after practice today that I wanted to share with everyone before we dive into recruiting talk here Uh for the rest of the night, and um, we asked Manny Diaz to assess the situation at Miami looking into the future, and here's what Diaz had to say. 7-5
3: and five isn't what you guys envisioned or wanted this year. How, how much do you leave here believing that a turnaround could happen here? and could happen pretty quickly.
1: Oh, absolutely.
3: I'd have, I have to believe that, because again, I'm only not here because Temple offered me an opportunity, you know, but I was, you know, as a coach, until that became a reality, you're you know, full speed ahead of, you know, how do we make sure this never happens again at Miami? So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think anybody in the program is is, is remotely satisfied with what occurred this year. Um, I think there's a certain edge about everybody, you know, and I think there's some lessons that are learned um, in terms of seeing what, you know, what happened and, and how going forward um, we can make sure that this, and, you know, it never looks like this again. What did happen? What happened? There's a lot of different things that happened, and, and, and I think that's going to be
4: a question at this point that's better asked to somebody else.
1: Wow. I don't know about you guys, but I found that last sentence pretty uh, pretty darn interesting. And uh, we've known for quite some time, that, and, there, and there's been a lot of conjecture, that Manny Diaz wasn't overly thrilled with the way some things were going this year. Uh, maybe some of it was fair. Maybe some of it wasn't fair you know i uh, you know, i'm not you know I, I i don't like when teams start to become a little polarized where you've got you know the offense over here the defense over there and there might have been a little bit of that this year to be honest uh, that didn't really serve the program very well uh, but at the same time Manny Diaz is as passionate as they come and You know, he really, really, really wanted to to be a big part of a success story here at Miami. Uh, Obviously, he didn't know that his head coaching opportunity was going to come along with Temple, a job he just had to take when it was offered. Uh, But uh, clearly, he felt there were some issues this year that need to be cleaned up, and uh, it'll just be interesting to see, you know, if more is learned or more is discussed by those who are still within the program here as we go forward into the future. So I thought you guys would find that one a little interesting, so I wanted to play it for you tonight. All right, it's time for your calls. 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Uh, hit the number one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. And let's start out now in the 845. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening?
5: Hi Gary, how
1: are you, Greg? Hey, what's up, Greg? How you doing tonight? Sorry, oh, sorry to keep you waiting for so long, but I know everybody wanted okay. a recruiting update, so I had to go. I had to go through all that.
5: Okay, I don't know where to start. This is such a shit show. But anyway, have you ever covered a, a recruit that said they didn't enjoy their visit when they left?
1: I'm sure we have. You know, we've been doing this for. Thirty some odd years, uh, Greg. But uh, I know who you're talking about. It was weird, you know. They had a lot of, um, and and for anybody who who's out there wondering um, who uh, Greg's referring to, um, it was defensive de- defensive lineman um, Jalar Holly, the defensive tackle from Buford, Georgia. Uh, I think it was just a situation where they had a lot of kids visiting this past weekend, probably more than they would have preferred. Uh, and I think he came down from Georgia and, may, and maybe he was looking for a little bit more individual attention that he didn't get. Uh, but that, from what we understand, has been patched up here in the last couple of days and um, he should sign tomorrow.
5: Okay. Can we put the rest any hope of Justin Fields ever coming to Miami? That, that, that is a joke.
1: It's it's stand it's, it's, it's it, it,
5: it, to it, talk to him, John Witt, he'll laugh <laughs> in his face. Are you, yeah, you I, I, look,
1: it, it's a long shot unless Hazelwood comes here. If Hazelwood comes here, I think there's a chance.
5: But Why wouldn't they go play for Lincoln Riley at all Well,
1: I, I, I think you're making a legitimate point, and that's the hot rumor now that that, that could be developing.
5: I just saw a list of 10 teams he could go to. Miami wasn't on the list. But anyway, yeah but that it. doesn't
1: mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. That's just people That's just people guessing, and quite honestly, why would anybody guess Miami right. i mean the only you, The only reason it? that Miami would be a factor right now is because it, it would be if Hazelwood was coming here they you know they're very tight, right. and Hazelwood would be the introductor to Miami and the possibility of coming to Miami.
5: okay um
1: but you're but you're right greg i mean the hand is not as strong as you would want it to be you're absolutely right exactly and they got to work on that in some way shape or form mark rick has to work on that because why the heck not who needs a quarterback worse than miami not too many (laughs) schools that consider themselves to be you know potentially major players in college football the canes need a quarterback bad Okay, I don't care what anybody says. Okay, I get the whole obsession with the cozy that some people had. I still say Miami needs a quarterback bad. And um, it's a shame if they're not in the field sweepstakes, Greg, because they should be.
5: Right. Now, this recruiting class reminds me of a horse race where – one horse goes way out in front early and fades to the back of the pack. Happens to us every year. I don't understand. Why can't we close with anybody? It's, it's sickening. You have great facilities, you've got good weather, you've got a national brand, and, and we're 40, you said 41, right, in recruiting right now? That, yeah, that's that is what it was an to utter embarrassment to the, to, to the Miami program. And this Mark Rick putting his son ahead of the program is a joke. And then we have a total they're, of nine years experience on the defensive staff right now.
1: They're 42nd. 42nd the, now, Greg. 42nd.
5: Okay.
1: 40 Iowa, I, 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 Iowa just jumped above.
5: Okay, we have two guys. One guy was a bartender six years ago, and the other guy's a grad assistant coach one year. And he these are code D coordinators. Where is Jess? Simp- Why isn't he the coordinator? The guy's a head coach for years.
1: Yeah, but he's you not. Be
5: kidding me with this?
1: The reason these guys were chosen, Greg, is because they're Manny disciples who have been with Manny for several years and, and, and know his defense inside and out. That's well, that's why Mark Rick went in that direction. He wanted to keep continuity. It's a major gamble. Let's be, you know, you, you're absolutely right. And let's be honest. It's a major gamble. He's gambling big here. That continuity will win out over an experience. Uh, Banda and Patkey are two off the charts. Great guys. you you, I mean, it, I know not everybody out there has met them or knows them. I obviously have. And here's what I will tell you. Cheer as hard as you can for these two dudes because they are as genuine and good of guys as you'll ever meet in your life. They're as passionate as you can be. I mean, Band is, is probably the most passionate guy, one of the more passionate guys I've ever seen in this program. I mean, he's like a, a defensive back version coach version of, um, of Art Kehoe. <laughs> I mean, he's just a really, really passionate guy, puts his all into this thing, and they're enthusiastic, they're young, they're energetic. They're going to do everything they can to try to continue what Manny started here and keep building on it. So uh, I urge everybody to pull for them. Now, that doesn't mean it's not a huge gamble by Mark Richt. We all know that it is because um, this is Miami, and everybody expected him to go out and find the best defensive coordinator that he could find out there, an experienced guy, a a proven guy. Um, You know, Miami football, it's not, it's not a lab experiment. You know, Miami football is supposed to be at the upper echelon of the game. And, you know, right now it's not, and it's sitting here at seven and five. It's sitting here with the number 42 recruiting class. And there's something wrong with all of that. So, I, everybody was right in their expectations of Mark Richt and and, and expecting him to go out and, and find a heavyweight defensive coordinator uh, who was experienced. And uh, it was shocking to everybody, I think, when he promoted uh, Banda and Patke. But uh, that said, it's done. That's going to be your, your defensive coaching staff, and, and those are going to be your coordinators going into the 2019 season. And as Miami fans um, – All I could say is they're awesome human beings. Uh, They were very good position coaches. Uh, Patkey did a great job this year developing Romeo Finley. I thought Banda did a phenomenal job with the safeties. Uh, Sheldrick Redwine really blossomed under his tutelage. Jaquan Johnson became an All-American candidate. So, you know, their credentials as football coaches and position coaches are fine. They just have never called the defense. So uh, pull hard for them. See how it goes here in 2019 is the best way I could sum that up, Greg.
5: Okay. He puts out a statement that he's going to have a national search for coordinator, and then the next day he hires these
1: two.
5: What kind of search did he do? Who did he
6: call?
1: We asked him about that today, and he said he gave it a lot of thought. He said he prayed on it. And that this was what he decided to do. This is what he felt was the best decision. I mean, Mark Rick is genuinely doing what he feels is best for the, you know, and that's what he's there for. You know, he's, he's the head coach and that's what they're paying him to do. And some people ask me, how can Blake James allow this? Why didn't Blake James overrule this? Well, I mean, Blake James hires Mark Rick to make these decisions. And, He's got to let Mark Rick make the decisions. And if the program you know, continues to struggle and not do as well as, as expected, um, obviously something's going to have to give down the road. But right now, Mark Rick's the head coach. This was his decision to make. And this is what he decided to do.
7: I'm
5: going to tell you who exactly who he's going to hire as the 10th coach, Van Dyke. He's going to hire another guy that's never coached before.
1: I don't know if they'll do that because there's, you know, no, Greg, wait a a minute. Greg, right now they still have Mike Rumpf. And I know some people on the message boards have been trying to suggest that Mike Rumpf is going to leave for the NFL. And that's been a rumor going around. But all I know right now is Mike Rumpf loves it at Miami and loves being at Miami. Now, he might have been a little unhappy that he was the only defensive coach that didn't get a promotion this past week. And I haven't had a chance to certainly discuss that with him. And I don't know how he feels about that. And, you know, maybe it changes and he does at some point go to the NFL. But everything I've heard from Mike Rumpf is how much he loves being at Miami. So I wouldn't consider that a given. Let's put it in those terms. And that wouldn't leave room for DeMarcus Van Dyke. And uh, what, it looks right to me. me why? Well, because I mean, they need a linebacker. But they, 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 but they figure to go with a linebacker coach because – uh but know, Patsy
5: coached linebackers. Well, Paty
1: coaches the outside linebackers and the, and the bandit. Oh. I mean, okay, the, the striker. I'm sorry, oh, I call I, it I got
5: you. they call I it got the striker.
1: It. So he he coaches the strikers. You. Okay, so uh, they need a, a an inside linebacker coach, and and that's what I think they'll end up doing. But we'll see. They oh, haven't. No, okay. The only thing Mark Rick just said so far is that it's gonna be, it's gonna be a defensive guy that he hires. Now let me say something else, Greg, because some people have taken that to mean that he absolutely will not hire an offensive coordinator. And um, while there has been no indication that he will, um, I don't think one thing has anything to do with the other because um, on the OC front, he would probably have to reassign John Richt uh, to do that. And that has nothing to do with the open defensive coaching job.
5: Okay. One last point. As far as, um, is there any truth to the fact that John Rick's going to be calling the plays?
1: No, that was, somebody was making a joke and everybody's gone oh, crazy. Okay, okay. All right. No. All right. I, I Things haven't gotten that done. crazy. Oh, by the way, I'll tell you right now, Greg, if they get that crazy, um, I don't know, man, but we, I think we'd have to just like go spend the whole football season in the Bahamas or something because that, yeah, would, okay. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if, if we could deal with that. We've, 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 we've been through. Serious? Don't know he yet. He
5: still no. have a job. He brings don't in don't a know two yet. star and an upstate
1: commit. He's had a rough oh, year, yeah. no doubt. He had a rough year coaching and a rough year recruiting. Uh, oh, whether Mark Rick will make a change on. there, we don't we don't know yet. But uh, yeah,
8: okay.
1: without a doubt, he's had a tough year.
8: And
5: why right. why are they only using eight practices? This team needs all the practice they can get especially the offense. That's another really, really,
1: really, really good question, Greg, that I don't have an answer for, you know, uh, I'm I'm guessing it's because Mark Rick wanted to let the coaches focus on recruiting, but uh, I think that they've wasted an opportunity to develop the young players. And uh, I know one school out there that's coached by a certain former Kane uh, who, you know, I think would be a great candidate for Miami down the road. Uh, Oregon used these practices to have a few scrimmages with their young kids who didn't play a lot this season and continue to d- develop those guys. And uh, I think that you're right. I, I mean, I wouldn't be leaving five, six practices in the in the, in the the bag if, if I were the head coach. But, you know, Rick decided that that's the way he was going to do it. So they, they, they returned the practice today. And... Um, they'll practice again tomorrow, and they'll have a couple more uh, practices before they leave. I believe they're leaving for New York on the 22nd, and then they'll have a few practices up there in New York uh, before the game.
5: Uh, okay, good luck to them. Last year it was 15 degrees of kickoff in that game, so
1: well. Luck. I'm going to be sitting right, in guys. an open air. I'm going to be sitting in an open air press box, Greg. At Yankee Stadium. So uh, I hope it's not 15 degrees.
5: <laughs> All right, Gary. Thank you once again. Right, hey, pleasure,
1: pleasure talking to you as always. Um, we'll have another show at some point. Um, I'm not sure when yet. It'll be after the ball game. Um, okay. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll figure it out and put it on the boards. But, uh, yeah, so we'll talk to you then. And if it's not before the new year, which it may not be, um, you have a happy new year.
5: Thank to you. Thanks.
1: All right, Greg. And thanks for uh, calling every. I think you've called every week this year, so uh, we appreciate it. All right, 563 999 3633. 563 999 3633 is the number. You hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Let's go out to the 305 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? Hey, who's this? Shmira?
3: It is. It is. Recognize the that's voice. How you doing up. tonight? Is my, is my voice that noticeable? Jeez.
1: Very, very, uh, very much so. Yes.
3: Really? All right. Well,
1: Yeah. can you say? It's good
3: to be different, I guess, sometimes.
1: <laughs>
6: oh,
3: Gary, man. For someone that's been around this program for so long, like yourself, you must be cringing having to do these shows, just knowing where the direction of this program is going. I know it. You can't <laughs> say it, but I know it, that this is just going... <laughs> I mean, and the well, problem is listen, that they're not
1: going <laughs> to, you know, I, I could, I, I could say it, Robert, I could say it, I could say it, and, uh-huh. uh, but I'm trying to, you know, not jump to conclusions, quite honestly, you know, I'm, I'm trying can't to, say it,
6: though.
1: I can't. of course I could say it,
6: I could say whatever I
1: want to say, but I'm trying not to jump see, to conclusions. I'm trying to, you know, just let things play out, and see what happens. Um, you know, there's so many developments that could take place between now and September. And you know, I'm just trying to sit back and you know, my kids they call it being breezy. So, you know, I'm trying to be breezy and just sit uh, yeah. <laughs> and just sit back and, and just let it play out because yeah, look, the season was horrible. Recruiting right now is is not where you anywhere close to where you'd want it. And uh, hopefully they get a lot of these commitments from some of these key kids and the, and the ranking goes up and the, the general mood gets better. But uh, man, I mean, this is, this is tough. You're right. It's tough to watch. I mean, it's, it's I, I mean, I don't, I feel bad for those guys because it all fell apart on them. And I still say it started when Mark Rick started messing with the quarterbacks. I still say that North, the North
3: Carolina game.
1: I remember very yeah.
3: well. I, the thing is, I don't, A team like let's say, look at Penn State this year, right? They had a good year last year. They were, you know, building up momentum. Momentum. They had a, you know, average year at best. You know, things didn't look well. All of a sudden, they're they're fine. Everyone's going there. They're getting their four and five star kids. Miami has this four game skid, and you would think, like, I mean, that I I have no idea what is what has I've never seen a downfall from turning the corner to basically, I mean, just being a, a total. Mess this quickly, and I have no idea how it happened this fast, but I don't it's know, shocking doesn't get I, no, I, here's I, I how it happened
1: yeah, i'll tell you how it happened, okay, and you're talking I'm, about two four two, two talking about, you're talking about two four game losing streaks, right okay, so right. you're coming into this season had a horrible finish last year, but there was there was a hope because of the fact that the team went ten and oh to start last year that things would be better this year and that they would be a a pretty decent team, a a team capable of winning nine, ten games, winning the coastal, getting back to Charlotte and taking another shot at Clemson. That was the expectation. And everybody, everybody was okay with that. The Canes nation turns out in force in Dallas had at least Mm -hmm. 25,000. We had at least 25,000 fans there. Every prominent former Cane football alumnus, was in the house at Jerry's World. There's this great anticipation and excitement for this new season. People spent a lot of money to go to Dallas for that game, and they laid this massive egg, right? And but I think, think that shocked, shocked everybody. I, yeah, well, you yeah, you can, but listen, listen from a minute. Like, I think that shocked Mark Richt. I think it shocked the coaches who had been telling the kids that they were going to be a really good team this year and that they were going to be in the mix to do big things this year. I think this team came out of fall camp feeling very confident about itself and thinking that they were really good. Clearly they had blinders on, but, uh, but I think that it, it, for, to us that were around the team, it was very obvious that that was the mindset of the team coming out of training camp. They felt like they were going to be, you know, be it this year. Like they really thought they were going right. to be good. And they laid an egg in Dallas. They were horrendous and didn't really challenge LSU. And I think that created some panic. I really think it did. And I, and I think it it created panic from the top on down. So now you're getting into the season and, you know, you're playing your, you know, your gimme games. Uh, and you get to uh, the point where you are 4-1, okay? And, uh, you know, you beat Savannah State. You go and you play a, a good game on the road against Toledo, and I know people say, oh, it's just Toledo, whatever. Everyone's giving me a lot of crap on the message boards. But that was a classy performance, okay? Toledo was might have been an average – maybe a little bit better than average team um, from a lower division, but you still had to go on the road and you had to get it done. They scored 49 points that day. Malik Rozier accounted for five touchdowns in that game, three of them on the ground. They were developing a nice rhythm on offense, uh, mixing in the run in the pass, using the quarterback running the ball as a weapon in the offense. And they left Toledo feeling really good, two and one. OK, now you play FIU, OK, a team that you should have beaten by like 50. OK, and after coming off a, that sensational performance at Toledo, where he accounted for five touchdowns, Malik Rozier plays the first two series of the FIU game and then gets sat down for the rest of the game. Miami only scores 31 points against FIU. And tank the whole
3: now,
1: second half, remember. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. But it was okay because you can't have a, a football team with one quarterback. And, you know, they, they needed at some point to develop and, and and just get him involved and get him some reps to where if they needed him, he at least had been on the field. And I didn't think there was anything wrong with what happened against FIU at all. I mean, Miami was clearly better. Okay. Now you go to North Carolina and now you're benching Malik. Now he's Mm -hmm. not playing at all anymore. Now to me, this is where it began to flip. And, you know, this, this is where the problems began. Now, you remember they only threw twelve passes in the North Carolina game. The defense, I think, had six turnovers. It was a blow, easy blowout victory because of all that, because of how well they ran the ball against the weak Carolina defense and the way the defense played. I think the defense scored two touchdowns in that game. So, regardless, the Correct. team's now four and one. Okay, so you're four and one going into Florida State, and you remember what happened in that game. They fell behind by twenty points. <laughs> it, took, it took an absolute miracle to to come back at home and beat a bad Florida State team okay now obviously there's euphoria over winning the game it was Florida State the team is now 5 and 1 but the team at five, even at 5 and 1 was hanging on by a thread Shmira, they were hanging on, on by a thread and on. that that performance yeah. against Florida State was horse cra- horse crap Okay, it was horrendous, and the fact that they won and the defense made those plays in the third quarter and they got back in the game and they pulled out a one-point victory, all that did was masquerade the absolute shit show that that game really was. Okay, and then you know what happened from there? Four-game losing streak. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is, but that a four-game losing streak and certainly two of them within just a little bit more than one season will destroy any momentum that any program has, and it has. It's killed their momentum. It killed their recruiting. On top of it, Manny Diaz leaves, you know, which, which pollutes the environment even more. The fan base has totally imploded, which understandably so, and that creates more noise and, and, and more uh, unease. It gives other schools, the Bamas, the Georgias of the world, all kinds of fodder to come down here and recruit and talk about the train wreck at Miami, how can you consider Miami? Have you seen what's going on at Miami? And here we are. Uh,
3: I mean, Gary, let, let me just ask you a question. If you if your son was a five-star player, right? Or a four-star player, right? Doesn't have to be elite. I mean, would you ever send your kid right now to play offense at University of Miami? If he was a receiver, Let's put it that way.
1: Would you? Not until they fix the problems. They clearly have. Yeah. Uh, you're well, right.
3: Then, so you're, that's a no. Because you're just yeah, assuming not, they're going to fix them. N- not, I, until they I get I a,
1: not until they, they, they get a quarterback in the program that you know is a stud. And not until they get this whole offensive system straightened out. And the play calling straightened out. And they start scoring more points. And start winning games.
3: But I mean, But the only way to fix something like that is to make – to to do something different. If you do the same do thing different. over and over, you're going to get the same results. So, no I mean, doubt. And if they, you got to do something different, change anything. I mean, you, you got to make I mean, changes. by the way, anyone anyone that thinks that Kid Hazelwood is coming to Miami, I know where he's going. Is absolutely, I mean, crazy. I mean,
1: uh, well, I hate to say it's, it's been looking pretty good, know, Robert. It really has. has. It was looking I mean, pretty good for a while. Now, what's going to happen now with this whole Justin Fields thing and all that? I don't know, but it was looking pretty good. Mm, I don't
3: know. I I, I like to do a lot of uh, charitable things. So I said that if the kids from Lakeland, who I knew were never going to go to Miami, ended up in Miami, they'd make a hundred dollar donation each for you and uh, Matt to, uh, to the charity of her choice. So now that that's (laughs) not going to come through, I'm going to roll it. out, And it was on the message board. I put it on there, and you know I'm a man of my word. I would have done it. So now my new thing is if Miami beats Wisconsin, I will now make a $200 charitable choice uh, to, your, uh, to whatever charity you pick because I'm that confident Miami has 0% chance to win that ball game. As much as I'd like them to do it, I see a
1: 0% chance that they win that. Right, are, we so that pick pick the are we allowed to pick the Canesport.com foundation? Are we allowed to pick that one? It's of your choice. Of your choice. <laughs> yes, All right.
3: yes, and it's. Cl- I'm telling you, I clearly put it on there, and I wasn't messing around. So that that is my new uh, my new wager. I'll let you slide with those Lakeland kids because I know those guys were trolling the whole time. But we can't get into it. I don't know the kids directly, so I'm not gonna. I just you know it's just funny. You could just see. You know, I don't know if you ever go back and listen to these. You know, you know maybe the whole year, like take little segments and listen to it. It's so easy. You, it's the same thing. You see the same stories unfold over and over. You know, you knew Miami wasn't going to be an, an SEC school. I think I said it before they played LSU. It was so obvious. Just the way the season went out, I kind of – I'm not saying that I am know it all, but I told you about this, Nikosi Perry. You were on it with me. So the kid's not going to end up coming out, right? See how this is going to end with Mark Rick. If, if he didn't make changes coming into this off season, and I'm talking about household changes, uh, I mean, and how he – promotes those two kids to, I mean, not kids, but the young guys. I even mentioned a few weeks ago, I said, I thought Miami staff seemed very young and kind of inexperienced. And we went over every coach and it's seemed like the younger, I mean, the older guys were kind of the underachievers on the staff. And now he sits there and he just, I mean, Georgia doesn't have a defensive coordinator. What's your rush? Why don't you sit there? I mean, it's not like they had a bunch of recruits that they needed to get, they, 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 what happened over the weekend? What? Did, did, was it life changing that they kept Ephraim Banda as the defensive coordinator? Is he now the the Messiah of everything? Or that you know they had to promote him a, a, as soon as possible? Why? Why do you have to? Why do you have to do that?
1: So well, I, I assume mean, they're so they're so doing it to try to solidify the recruiting class, but
9: for, you know but it, the it the is a defensive line, heavy
1: yeah. class. But I don't know. But I who, mean, who, I'm who assuming that's losing? what the winning? idea was.
3: I can't name one kid that either jumped ship. I mean, let's Brownlee was jumping ship weeks before you can list the kids off that, that may be decommitted. Not that has nothing to do with Manny Diaz. And yeah, sure. I, I mean, they're going to get a kid or two tomorrow, but that's just because they're local kids. They want to be at Miami. It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, with Manny Diaz leaving or, or Banda getting promoted. I mean, you could uh, the, the people like to make big deals of these things. That's not really how it is. None of those shamanad kids were leaving if if Banda was not there. Come on, give me a break. They could have. I, I, I kind of like the Randy Shannon thing, but let's not go into it because that it's been worth the discussion. But I mean, yeah, I think we're in. But for but a you're right. Really
1: like let's world say world. L- let's say they had gone and gotten Randy Shannon just for an example. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think it would have. Been perceived as a negative by any of the kids, so I agree with you. I don't. I am, and if I if I didn't if I didn't like these two guys so much, I would be like apoplectic, to be honest with you. But I really like these two guys, and you know, I'm I'm personally willing to willing to give them a chance and 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 you know, pull for them like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, you
3: know, but there's two two there's two people that I don't really like, but guess what, they're winners: Nick Saban and Urban Meyer. Uh, they're not good guys and they just do whatever it is to win and to be honest winning just cures everything so being good guys at this you know if you go back and name the defensive coordinators at the university of miami this was a prestigious job of that have coached the best players i mean i hate going back and i'm not that type but i mean and you just promote and you don't even give it to one guy you just promote i mean gosh i would i wish i would have had a career path and just Worked under Mark Rick. I could have been a multi millionaire for really not doing too much. It could have been very well. I mean, in Uh, fairness, there have (laughs) been young
1: coordinators in this program before. Uh, How old was Rob Chudzinski when he was an offensive coordinator? He was in his 30s, I think. Yeah. Um, But you know, Randy, I think, was still in his 30s when he got the coordinator job for the first time. Um,
3: Yeah, but there's something with the offensive coordinators, they have like a special mind that just a lot of people don't have, you know, the guy from Oklahoma seems to have just like a different type of mind. The guy from the Rams, they just like see things a little differently. And I think that's normally where you get like these brainchild kids, but I, 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 I mean, I think these guys are just hard workers. I don't think these are guys that are changing the wheel of how coaching is going to be coached for decades to come. And I, you know, like I said, I thought that they Diaz and his staff got everything they could out of the defense this year, but you do nothing on the offense. I I would really like to know how uh, uh, the offensive line coach has a job. I I really, I don't think you, how can you write down and have a closing, you know, interview with someone, your boss and say, Hey, I didn't really get one recruit. I lost everything. Our offensive line was absolutely abysmal the whole year with basically four and five star recruits. I mean, they weren't terrible players. I mean, they're not good, but it is what it is. Like, how could, how did someone like that keep a job? I, I don't know. But I don't know, Gary. Went for a long one. I gave you some of my input, but I don't know. Not nice being able to vent, but I I think we all know where this story is going. But enjoy New York. In uh, I think I've seen this game at least three
1: times, and I know how the, how it's going to end. So we'll see. All right, Schmira. Well, thank you as always for being part of the show, man. We'll talk all to you right, soon. You got it, Gary. I'll see you all soon. Right. You got it. All right, guys, let me take a moment here and tell you about a restaurant group that I've been bragging about the entire season. And uh, now it's holiday time. I'm going to brag about them some more. And that's uh, Sicilian Oven, which is one of the best and rapidly expanding dining concepts in all of South Florida. And I don't have to tell you the story about pizza parlors. They're on every block. Yeah, every strip shopping center has one. And very few of them make great pizza. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I I live in a neighborhood with hundreds of them, seemingly. And I don't think any of them are so great. When I want good pizza, I zip on over to one of the Sicilian Oven locations. And uh, there's no place quite like Sicilian Oven, which has six locations throughout South Florida. And at Sicilian Oven, they offer a new way of dining using the best ingredients and flavor combinations mixed into a carefully designed menu. And many of the recipes have been handed down from generations through the DeSalvo and Garavuso families. It begins with classic pizzas with traditional toppings and expands to gourmet and select pizza combinations that are far removed from what you'll find at the nearest corner. You love wings? Sicilian Oven's wood-fired wings are marinated for 24 hours in Italian herbs and spices and served with caramelized onions. They offer a wide variety of specialty dishes using eggplant and mussels and fire-roasted shrimp. They have soups, sandwiches, salads, pasta dishes. No matter your taste, you'll find something great at Sicilian Oven with those six locations throughout South Florida. You can visit the plantation location at the Fountains Complex off University Drive or the Aventura location at 205th and Biscayne. Need a place to eat great food and watch watch sporting events? Well, there's other locations in Lighthouse Point, Coral Springs on Stemple Road and 101st and in Boca Raton. Their most recent location on Oakland Park Boulevard just west of Bayview in Fort Lauderdale has a full liquor bar. So get on over to your nearest Sicilian Oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining. You can visit SicilianOven.com to find those locations near you, Sicilian Oven and SicilianOven.com. You'll not only love the taste, you'll taste the love. All right, let's get back to your calls, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show Let's go out now to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Yes, sir.
4: Gary. Gary. Good night to you, sir. How you doing? How's everything?
1: How's your What's up, Mr. Ross? Happy
4: holidays. Happy holidays, holiday, man. Hey, listen. Um, you want good pizza, you're coming to the right place. You're heading to New York, man. So um, Sicilians in Florida is good, but you can almost go anywhere in, um, you got in a, New York. You got a, so you you got a re- recommendation? Yeah, Sophia's Malauy Lombardi's. Enjoy yourself. All right. Sophia, you
1: Lombardi's, gonna make the you're yourself.
4: you live in Jersey, right? Yeah, I live in. No, I'm not coming. You know why I'm not coming? Why not? Because Gary Gary, um, your, your first caller said it best. It is a shit show, and I'm not a fan of Mark Rick anymore. No was a fan of his. This was hoping and praying that this man come around and do what he needs to do. Um, I'm sour. I'm going to be a a-hole about it. Um, he was a backup quarterback at Miami. He was an okay guy. This he's acting like a guy that worked a long time at Florida State because it looked like a sabotage. But anyway, let me say a few things. Now, anybody, I haven't mentioned this all night, so let me just throw this out there, man. let excellence. Mm-hmm. Violent. Those are like two of the main things that Manny Diaz strive for. And I want to thank him. I want to tell him I appreciate him, and I'm a fan of his, and I will follow him. You know I'm not too far from him now. So I, unless he's doing something directly to hurt Miami in recruiting or he has to play Miami, I am going to be a fan, and I will attend games over there in Philly just because of Manny. But anything that comes to my hurting Miami, beating us or anything, I won't do it. I won't participate but I put How it far are you not from not Philly? Not far at all. Not far depends on. We, not far at all. Put it like this: I'm within three hours. Depends on where he's going to be. Within our hour, forty-five minutes depends on traffic. Okay. So I'm a fan. I actually going to help him with a few players too. Okay. Unless it directly is going to hurt Miami, then I won't do it. That being said, you gotta tell me, Gary. You, you know, I'm listening to everything that's going on tonight. I'm listening to you. You know, you have my game plan. I'm coming in. I'm very upset, by the way. Remember last time you spoke to me, I was steaming. I'm still mad. And I'm listening to you. I'm listening to your callers. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to your callers, and I say, okay, Gary's not gonna like me tonight again, but it's okay. You brought up the game, the one game that um, these guys had a great game, and he he the, the, he messed up the quarterback situation, and that's what's costing us with recruits and all that. So here's the thing, Gary. We can't have it both ways. When I say we, I'm really talking about you and some of the other guys. You can't have it both ways. You know why? You can't – if I come to you and I get on the phone with you and I say, look, Gary, um, I really like what the, the, the out running back played tonight against Toledo, or whatever we played, and I think he should be able to start the next court, um, next game. You say, well, Ross, huh, calm down. It was only Toledo. So you can't have it both ways. You can't tell me – Rosier school and he did, and he was looking good, so he deserved to continue to hold, get the ball and move on. He's a garbage quarterback. He's garbage.
8: Well, he so I understand he's guy-bikes. a garbage
1: quarterback, but in, in my in my opinion, and it's an opinion, he was the best quarterback to lead this team this year. Well, we can't have it
4: both ways, Gary. He was just not the uh, he, it, listen.
1: you I'm not trying. You, you I'm said, not trying um, to have it both ways. See, you I you said, know um, like. And obviously I see things and, and there's things that I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say certain things about 18, 19 year old kids. And there might be things I see or know or whatever that I'm not, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not, I'm just not going to do that. I'm a, I'm a father. My myself, I know how hard it is with young kids. And I think Mark Rick's having a hard time with, with these young kids, you know, as a guy that's in his late fifties and, um, uh, that might be part of the reason why he chose to go so young with the coaching staff and, and, so and give these young guys a shot. Of
4: doing job. So you're saying – basically what you're trying to tell me is not, not – what, what I said, not, Ross. I not,
1: didn't say not cap- – whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. I didn't say not capable. I said part of him trying to do his job might be to get youth entrenched in his coaching ranks. And he was going to lose these guys if he didn't promote them. Patki and Banda – would have been out the door with Manny Diaz and And he would have have been starting he would have been starting all over again on the defensive side and I think he had to weigh that against going out and getting a veteran experienced guy and also think about this look back at his time at Georgia and how bad it worked out for him when he went out and got the veteran experienced guys who came in and undermined them and You know we're not team players, and and you know we're we're not part of the type of culture, for the better or for worse, that he's trying to um, cultivate and maintain here at Miami. So, you know I'm not saying he did the right thing. I'm not saying he did the wrong thing. Uh, Time's going to tell on that, and the proof will be in the pudding. But you know I think that he is trying to have coaches. That can relate to today's players. You've got these kids going crazy on social media, doing all sorts of boneheaded things and saying boneheaded things, and uh, it's a whole different deal. Well, everybody today.
4: else is dealing with it, Gary. Everybody else. I'm not. going uh, well, I know. I'm not. Every other Every other program is dealing with this. Okay, the losing one, the winning one, and the not so.
1: In between, so I'm not giving him no break for that. Now you may, well, it's ahead. not a break oh, and it's be. not an excuse. It's it's. I think it's a mindset, of maybe of what he's trying to do. What is he trying to do? Um,
4: I think a lot of people. I, I think he's trying to have a soul. young.
1: Uh, I think he's trying to maintain youth on his coaching staff. Okay. Well, I, think, well, we, I, th- it, I think he's trying to balance out. You know, balance out with apparent. younger coaches. You're
4: definitely right about one thing. He's definitely trying to be young on his staff because he definitely have his son all involved. That's being very young.
1: Yeah, Thomas Brown okay. is relatively young. Um, you know, Duke's is more a of a bad guy bet. that
4: followed him, a guy that followed him, a guy that followed him. Hey, listen, you, you, you mentioned the whole you mentioned the whole Georgia thing. You just brought this up, so you know, I, I got a couple of things now, but I, I'm gonna jump on that. Well, you you know, I hate to bring this up because i you know I don't really have a problem with Alabama as much as everybody else do, but I hate to bring up Alabama But all these guys you ever see you ever see Davosini Alabama coach and all these and the guys know damn anybody they give it to their they give it to their, their um their coaches they give it to their players, nobody is comfortable. Nobody is comfortable in their job because they don't make them feel comfortable. What you just described to me is that he wants to bring in a guy. He's worried about what happened in Georgia, so he wants to bring in guys that he's
1: comfortable with, that it's not going to rock the boat. I'm saying it's a possibility. I'm saying it's a possibility. This is what I'm coming up with when I'm sitting back and trying to figure out what's going on <laughs> because I was like everybody else. I was shocked. I, I never would have predicted this. Like I, but it's it, not even
4: about. It, it, to me, it's not even about the defensive guys. It's just what you're describing to me is that this guy wants to be comfortable at his job. You could be confident at your job. You could be very. Um, happy about what you're doing, you could be very, um, you know, saying we're going to win, we're going to win, we're going to win. You're telling me he wants to be comfortable. But you know what? We all should have been paying attention from the beginning anyway because when he was doing those early interviews when he was hired, he always brought up family. He always brought up family for his coaches. He always brought up family by seeing his grandkids. We are all, we have been hoodwinked. This man is on a vacation trip, and that's what it feels like. Listen, listen to what this, listen to what his offensive lineman coach did on the trail. This is what he did. He went out and, and went to Ohio and offered an offensive lineman for Moeller that's really a defensive lineman. Gary, I'm not making that up, and you know I'm not. He offered a kid that's really a defensive lineman an offensive lineman
1: scholarship. I don't have that's any problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. I mean,
4: that, that, kids, that's been
1: kid, a – the That's been a sound recruiting North. philosophy for a long time, it's because defensive linemen are typically more athletic. You take the more athletic kids, and you develop them into offensive but linemen, Gary, it was of uh, usually tackles, and, 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 and lots of times you can have something.
4: Okay, but it was I don't have a problem with that. Where, no, it's not about having a problem. It's about a reach, and the kid is actually not being recruited highly. He's not been recruited highly, and I know stars don't mean anything, but he's not even a kid that's on anybody's radar. Cincinnati's not recruited him. Um, any Anyone of the schools that's in that like, local area is not recruited him. That's embarrassing. And on top of that, like, the kid is going to turn him down. Then we, you, you mentioned
0: me, a brother, could be a potential preferred walk-on. Well, it sounds to me like the guy that we took that's 240 40 pounds.
4: Are you kidding me? He should be a potential walk-on. You're giving that kid a scholarship. You're, are, you, are we really giving a 240-pound scholarship that you're telling me, Gary, that he's going to develop in three years?
1: We don't have kind of program that this no. guy think he's at? I mean, in, in fairness, Ross, if you take a kid out of high school and he red shirts his first year, and let's say you get him up to 270 after one year, and then... He, you know, he he's a backup. Year two, maybe gets in every now and then. Uh, and puts on another twenty pounds, and then he get, you know, he's now he's a two hundred ninety pounder, three hundred pounder. If it plays out that way, and he's ready to play by his redshirt sophomore year, nothing wrong with that. With offensive linemen. but hey,
0: Gary, but
4: Gary, let me ask you this: by numbers, and I expect you to notice because I mean, we've been doing this a long time. By numbers, how much how much offensive lineman scholarship did we have to offer? What was our numbers? What? What? How much did we? How many offers did we have available? at the offensive alignment position just um,
1: decided? I mean, I, ideally, I think they would have liked to sign, you know, maybe four, three or four. Okay.
4: And you're giving this kid, you're telling you, you just you just put a really nice bouquet on it, and you put the list on that pig, and it sounds real good. Well, I get it, but here's the I'm thing. I'm not doing I that told you earlier in the that's year. That's
1: the design. By what I'm saying, though, Ross, just so you understand, that's not what I'm trying to do. I mean. You know, I legitimately understand that it's okay if it takes all a third year to develop an offensive lineman, and I also understand that they have a lot of the a lot of these type of guys that have been in the already program the for the last.
4: Already, already
1: on the team, team. On the team. The Gotham,
4: yeah. Should Milo, be ready to start Milo. playing
1: next year, Ross. They should be start ready to start playing next year as sophomores, and give you three years. So yes, and if you. Do and if you already
4: if you already have those type of guys on the team and you're allowing your offensive alignment to go out there and recruit that type of development, that's an embarrassment that's an embarrassment. I called you earlier during the year and you kind of shipped it to the side. I get it you said we already got guys committed we'll be okay i actually why did they why did they not recruit the kid fox that's going to south carolina so real and he was in our backyard you sh- you, you well obviously it, they, obviously, it. They,
1: obviously there was something they didn't like there because. You know they they never went there. What is it there, that so. they
4: don't like? What, so what I don't know. I, I have no that's, idea. That's,
1: I have no idea. But it's obvious. People, there's, obviously track. there's something, Ross, because they okay. didn't recruit that kid for I, one gonna, second. We're
4: going to track that. We're, I'm going to track that. And if that blows up, if that kid turned out to be a pro or something, that's terrible. Okay, that's just the, you. you can You know, you got guys, Gary. That's you know some of our, our, our wide receivers and uh, running backs. That's going into their third year and going to their fourth year being here. We're gonna, we're wasting their career. A guy like Hartley, that you—I know you're not real big on the kid. I know he's a small wide receiver. Do you realize he's a junior next year? And I haven't yeah. seen, We haven't seen as far as no production. A kid like him would be at a smaller school, and you would have numbers all over the place. He—he'd he'll, he'll be at a Memphis. He'd have numbers all over the place.
1: Well, he—that's where he should have gone. He should have gone to a school like that. I agree oh, with you.
4: But you have to, But you have Or an FIU or something have, like that. I
1: mean, yeah, he well, would have okay, big but numbers. You have those I agree. FAU here. here, and you wait. But you're
4: wasting their, you're wasting their talent. You're wasting what they, you're, they could do because you want to be, you want to be a slow moving guy on the offensive end. Now you, you, it seems to me that you're thinking that he's going to eventually. Are you confident today, tonight, while we talk, that he's going to get an offensive guy in? Are you tell no. me that today he says. Today he says um, it was a joke. Somebody's making a joke that he's going to he's going to be one that's going to be called an offensive line, um, offensive plays, and he's no. Was, there was helping. somebody
1: was joking around that John Richt was going to become the offensive coordinator, and that's not happening.
4: And that's because he could. That's and that's because he decided not to give an answer. But, and he's avoiding that again. He, he embarrassed himself. Um, Say so he's going to do a worldwide um, search, and then he turns around the next day and he and he hides these guys. Okay, he seems to be sleeping, Gary. I'm sorry. He seems to be sleeping at the wheel, and he's sleeping at the wheel at one of the most branded program in this, in the nation. Are we kidding ourselves? He's making $4 million a year? And, and, and tonight you played a piece where Manny was passionate about what he's saying, and, and, and those are the guys it seems like he doesn't like. If you're too passionate, you're too this, you're too that, hey, there's no problem. You know, you could go. You could go do his job. I'm glad that he got the office line. I'm glad he got that job at, at Temple. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. Because I think he was not getting along with Mark Rick. and Gary, you could, you've been poo-pooing things all year when, the kid, when everybody brings the up with my arm about how wide receivers having troubles and everybody not killing each other. You've been poo-pooing that, throwing that onto the rug and throwing it onto the bed and all that stuff. But you can't do that anymore because you just heard Manny Diaz said there was some stuff that was going on that basically he didn't really say it like that, but you know that's what was the case. Mark Rick right now is running a bad ship, and he's running a bad ship on our time. And I hope to God, James Blake, know his his behind is going to be on the line. And it's, it's shameful if they're coming to my area and I'm not going to go see that garbage. And we win the game, fight, and you just told me, you told the world, well, I, would tell, I would tell you to
1: go. i would tell you to go, not, Ross. But the last the last the last time I did that was with um. I'm trying to remember where you was guy driving that from. The Georgia Tech. The
4: guy yeah, that to
1: Georgia Tech. Yes. <laughs> it didn't work out so, so well. So I'm person, not gonna. I'm not gonna go find there with my you. Way.
4: I could find my way, but here's what I'll say. But,
1: but here's what I'll say. Don't let the hard times take away. No, don't let it take away your passion, okay? Don't no, let it. About, like it's not about. I mean, you have a passion for the Canes, and you have a passion for watching the Canes. And football season comes around, and we have it for three, four months, and then we got to wait another eight months for the next one to start. Okay, nine months, eight, yeah, like eight, nine months. So, I mean. These, these football seasons are precious things. <laughs> like, yeah, don't don't let it take your passion away.
4: But you know, it's it. West Coast. is coming into this area. They like to recruit this area. You think they're only having eight practices? You think they're not thinking about they want to whip the Miami behind again and whip them real good and show guys that that the running backs over here and the wide receivers and the, and the tight ends and the defensive lineman and offensive linemen that they're going to whip this Miami team. And and, and Gary, please tell me. Please tell me, why did we take this game? How did we take this game? And our office has been...
1: You don't get a choice. Shitty all year. You didn't get a choice. They didn't, want, they didn't want to go to New York. They want to go to Jacksonville. It would have been much easier. It's going to cost the athletic department hundreds of thousands of dollars to clothe all these kids in, in warm weather clo- gear and clothes and everything else. It's like they, they, didn't, they didn't want this game. And
4: it showed in the ACC Awards it showed that they, they, you know, this is an embarrassment what they did to some of these players by not giving them a proper award. But let's kick right back to James Blake's and them. The reason why we, we're, Gary, I am so nervous about this game. I am praying it's at least 40 degrees. Praying, because if it's not, and this is yeah, all. So, has, my, so am to, I. <laughs> listen, Gary, you're about to bring Nakoshi Terry, that's been having problems all year. And let me address the whole. I'm all over the place. All right, Ross, well we got to wrap Williams. this up here. Wait, like, wait, wait, he... wait, 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 well, wait. You said Williams is not looking good. I really look from the, from the naked eye. He looks out of shape. He looks fat.
1: I, I didn't like so that. I, I was watching him today. I didn't like the way he was throwing. it. how ball does he all. look
4: fat? And he's, but Gary, why? Gary, don't you see, Gary? I'm not going to stop with you. I am not going to stop until this guy, John Rick, is from Moose. Gone, goodbye From this program. He is running the ship over there with the quarterback, and so far we don't see anything. We had three guys that got suspended this year in the same room. The quarterback that's going to be one of our future quarterbacks looks fat and out of shape. The one that's going to be starting in this cold weather coming on the 27th, it's going to be okay, but can he handle that? Can he handle this game? This is an embarrassment, Gary, and and we're not going to keep taking it and stop taking up the mark because he's. Garbage. Right am not taking okay. it for anybody.
1: When have I taken it for Mark quick? I Gary, am the harder class, on Mark quick in the listen. last month or two than I've ever been on any head coach in the 40 years I've been covering this program. Listen, Gary. Listen. I, listen. For the parents and everybody, that's, listen.
4: I apologize. I'm going to say there's two things. There's one that's something else. That all right. I and then, then you're done, Ross.
1: Then, then you've got to no, give the mic to somebody else. Go ahead. Final statement. Go. He's
4: running a garbage show. He's running a garbage show. Not a garbage show. Garbage. He's running a garbage show, and I'm not going to go watch that garbage.
1: All right, keep Rob. I will keep you on hold. Have a happy new year, and we'll uh, talk to you next show. All right, 563 999 3633. I always love talking to that guy. 563 999 3633. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
2: Hey, Gary, that's going to be a tough act to follow, my friend.
1: Oh my goodness, we've had we've had some good calls tonight. I've let them go a little bit just because they've been so good.
2: Uh, that's about 14 minutes of torture for all of us here on Listen to Cane Sport Live. And that call was. <laughs> oh bad. come on,
1: Ross, is, Ross isn't bad. Come on,
2: uh, Ross is one of our better.
1: He's one of our better callers. He prepares. Uh, he you, cut- you know
2: what? If you're a, if you're a real Cane fan, if you're a real Cane fan, and you're in Jersey. You spent 20 bucks on game day to go watch the freaking Canes, at least the first half. Don't give me that crap. Yeah, I, I don't disagree a, with you. Maybe maybe he'll come
1: around. A, I, I just didn't want to be and, so strong because the last time I did that, boy, I felt bad for that guy. He, he drove like eight hours each way to watch that mess at Georgia yeah. Tech. I mean.
2: Well, Ross, Ross is in Jersey. He's right there. Yeah, there?
1: he's got he's an back hour back. or two. Yeah, I, d- d- I agree. Got Yankee,
2: got bowl up. game,
1: Yankee Stadium. You, get, you Ross, you got to get there. Come on, buddy. Ross, got you, you got to get yeah. to Yankee Stadium. All right, go ahead. What, so, what you got, uh, everything? Yeah,
2: Gary, yeah, I I, I want to start off by just letting you know how excited I am about this bowl game. Uh, My granddaughter and my daughter ended up getting tickets for all of us. There was, like, basically a grand total of 14 of us going, only about eight or nine going to the game. But it, it was a surprise. I'm like, man, I was so grateful about Sam talking. I was like, man, they don't really know the the outs and ends of how bad things are going. But it reminds me of why Kane's it, it football is so special, why it's so special in this community. It was just like, wow, okay, got to enjoy this opportunity. But, uh, you know, I, I've been telling you for the longest, um, as I am, as I am about this bowl, I've been telling you for the longest how this hire of Mark Rick was not the right hire. I've been saying for the longest that the biggest thing that's upset me and disappointed me, even though. And I got tons of family, tons of kin up there in, in Georgia and Atlanta. And they all said the same thing. Great guy, nice guy, horrible decision maker. When the bullets are flying, that makes horrible decisions. But what we have seen this year, and it started as you mentioned, and I, I told you this, when he changed the quarterback, I told you it wasn't the right move. I agreed with you. But I also told you that his first couple of decisions that he made with hiring the people he hired were his biggest mistakes with the exception of Manny Diaz, to hire Coach Cool first, to make him the associate head coach, to pay him the amount of money he paid him, only to wait a year and a half later for a recruiting coordinator that you just got back from the mission that used to be with us, for him to have the issues he was having with Cool, and for him to side with a guy in his mid-20s or late-20s, early-30s, over a guy that coached Cool, that was a major mistake. And I and, I, and I, I I was attacked like I always am because every time I, I say the truth I get attacked on it, which is fine. I'm a big boy.
1: But that well, was a, I that mean, was wait a minute. The the, tra- the 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 transition from Cool to Jess Simpson has been great. Well, Jess well, Simpson is, say, is that- Jess Simpson is is a bigger asset to this program than Cool was, in my opinion.
2: Well, I'm going to – you know, I don't want to debate that. That's, I totally disagree with you on that, but anyway. I mean,
1: they're both good coaches. Um, Cool's, Cools a good coach, but he he wasn't the right guy for – he didn't have the right personality for Miami.
0: I, I, Simpson I has a way better
1: – I I,
0: I I not know. He always felt that
1: seemed out of place to me. I didn't see that, but – And he was uh, not a good recruiter. Is, not a good recruiter that at all. Was,
2: that was his first hire. That was his first hire, which was a lie, because his first hire was his son. And I told you to be in this Sierra, look, it's been two years. The fact when Rozier was hurt in that Carolina game, his shoulder was bad, he was in pain, he was not doing well, and that wasn't the first time he took a shot. Okay, was not. For him not to have Terry ready to come in there, forget about the Kiff Sharif's. Terry wasn't ready. That was crap. Kid knows that today he still knows what they are. You may tell me that kid could have gone in that game. He wasn't ready. Why wasn't he ready? And I'm going to tell you why, because his son doesn't belong. And I told you this back, and you attacked me a little bit. You said I was reaching for straws. So all of his decisions, with the exception of Manny Diaz and the guys that Manny brought, that's the strength of this program, of this staff, that has carried this program for three years. And that's why, out of desperation, he hired those two young kids because he knows that if he loses those two guys, not only is he in deep crap on the offensive side of the ball, but now he's going to lose all these kids because that kid from Northwestern that decommitted, he did the right thing. There is no rhyme or reason to his decision-making other than panic. He panics on everything. And, and, and it's, 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 a, it's a litany of issues. Why in God's name did last year, in the Orange Bowl, did, did we not had those five extra days of practice? It happened last year, too. So is anybody really shocked that we're not going to get anybody? The only kid we might get, we might, is, is going to be the freak if we're lucky. We're not getting anybody else. The kids that we do have that are Miami kids, that are true 305 kids, that are true kids to this program, they were always going to come no matter what, like a bandy. But the ones you got to convince and stroke and romance and be there, we don't have the personnel that's able to go ahead and lock down this area. The, another mistake he made was hiring Mike Robb because he's not a guy that people like. He is not. That's not true. He's a great
6: coach.
1: You're wrong about him. James, coach. you've been on him for months. I know what I, your problem is about
6: you, it. Well, but you know, my, but listen, let's let that, that one go, okay?
1: There's right, nothing I'm wrong with you, Mike Rumpf. Mike Rumpf Rump has done well, a great job coaching the cornerback.
2: You're not, you're not listening. He is not your South Florida guy to build everything up. The person he had to hire and give the freaking money to and, and steal him from Bama was Mario. But he was so what? Why wouldn't he bring Mario in? He's going to be paranoid. He's going to take his job. And instead of using that, the biggest asset that you had available, that this program had available, was that guy. And you didn't bring him in. And that's costing you. And and what's worse, you know what's really worse is freaking Blake James, not even bringing that kid in for an interview. And I told you that was a huge mistake. So now we're in recruiting. We're the day before, you know, how many hours before we signing period? Like a couple of hours? And I'm about to tell you what, it's gonna be a disaster based on the kids that you have to convince to come here or to stay here. Because those kids, okay, they're not gonna come here. You think Hazelwood's really gonna come here with an offensive line that's pathetic? Why would any major athletic kid, any major prime time kid, come here? There's no point to coming here when this guy refuses to say, okay, this is the hand I'm dealt with. I can't run what I'd like to run. I got to change this up. Let me go ahead and do X, Y, Z, like what the Big 12 does. Everybody in America does with their offense. When you have a crappy line, you get the ball out of your hands quick and you've got a lot of movement and things work out well, you get mismatches. It's not calculus, Gary. It is not calculus. And I told you this back in September and October. And everything I've told you happened this year. I told you, best thing, seven, eight wins this year. Said that in the summer. Everybody attacked me. You you can see it's right in front of you guys, but you guys don't want to see what's in front of you. And what's worse is.
9: You did say it.
2: I'll agree with you on that front. And I have told you every reason why. Every decision he's made, the major ones. He has been absolutely freaking horrible. And the fact that, again, look what Oregon's doing. They're having scrimmages. They're getting every, every second, every minute they can practice, they're doing it. Why? Because you got to see the big picture. You got to develop all your players. You've got to be a teacher. Okay? Now, Mike Rupp is the best teacher on the defensive side of the ball that's left, in my opinion because he's a great teacher, and that's why he won't be here next year. That's another story why he didn't—he he was asked, and he did defer, by the way. Mike Grump will be gone. He's your best teacher, okay? So De, DeMarcus Van Dyke will be your, your, your DB coach, and will be getting a linebacker coach. That's going to happen. I'm letting you know that right now. And on the offensive side of the ball, Stacy Searles is going nowhere. He's not going anywhere. And those kids on the offensive side of the ball have not been taught crap. That offensive line has not been taught crap. The best coaches on the offensive side of the ball are Dugans. And I know that we're gonna. I'm going to be criticized for that based on all these young receivers struggling and being fresh in receivers, and some guys still not being able to separate. But that guy's the best teacher we have on the offensive side of the ball. I think John Rick has no business being there. Somebody told me that he was even asked, Manny was even asked, did you – even think about bringing him, or is there anybody else on staff you're looking at, especially on the offensive side of the ball, question was not answered. Okay, that's how bad, and what Maddie said today, starting to get divided. Now, let's look at a major recruit that doesn't sign until February, whose brother was here. It's still here. I told you this a while back. With his injury, there was a lot of issues with Vinny Scovel. There was a lot of issues with the doctors, and it took too long. And that's no. why and I told you back then. I told you his brother's not coming here and I told you that. And his brother's not coming here. He will be a Florida Gator. I don't
1: think you're that's right about that much, one. I had a long talk about uh, this with Amon right today. No, I don't think you are. Uh, I had a long talk uh, with him about the whole here. thing today. No, no, we he's don't know that here. yet, but I'm but oh, I'm talking about what you just said about Amon. Um I don't think, you uh, know, I, I I I think it was a tough thing for him to go through facing the reality that he might not be able to play but at the same time he feels very fortunate because he was risking serious injury by playing
2: let me tell you something that's not what I'm referring to I'm referring to the process that it took when this was known since last summer the issue I mean, all he did was take one snap in one game actually one reception in one game and bruised his knee. It had nothing to do with what the real problem was. The real problem had been around since last year, by the way. And that was the issue. And yes, he's not going to say anything. You know why? Because he's getting his master's paid for after this. And if he wants to go to law school, guess what? They're going to pay for it. Okay? They're going to take care of him, which is the best Mm -hmm. thing. But his brother will not be a hurricane. Gary, everything I share with you is not something I fabricate or I make up. I've got well over 30 years of experience in this realm, in this world. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing place. with you. And it's a small one. And it's a small one. And it's a very small one. And to be constantly attacked, I, I, you know, it's entertainment for me. I'm retired. i got nothing to do these days. But I will tell you, I try to enlighten everybody here. And I'm letting you know.
1: You're great on the show. On the message boards, saw, you're like a different individual. Uh, but, like, on the show, you're great.
2: I, well,
1: I, I appreciate that. And On the I, message board, you you're, say, you're an absolute lunatic.
2: Well, hey, you attack <laughs> me, I punch you back. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't ask questions, I punch. And, I, and I'll tell you this, the issue that I had as soon as Kingsley decommitted, I knew those two kids from Lakeland were playing us. That confirmed everything to me. Because pretty much what Coach Mullen did was, was take Mark Rick, put him over his knee, and smack his ass three or four times and say, that's enough for you. Now you get out of my territory. And guess what? We're not getting them. We were never getting those guys. Mm-hmm. Did it look good? 85%, 75%, 50%. I always knew that those kids in Polk County, they belong to those Turks. They will always belong to those Turks. And at the end of the day, they will be taken care of, just like the Pouncy Brothers were many, many moons ago and Rainey and all those jerks. Okay, that's never gonna change. So look at all the time and effort that we put in for two guys, which we knew were never coming, for pretty much.
1: And and the well, I don't think they felt that. History. Now, I don't think they felt like they weren't coming. I think they felt like they were coming.
2: Nah, at the, at the end, listen. In the end, you know, to take a kid from Gainesville, take a kid from some Citrus County, take a kid from Plant. That's, that's all gator touch the last 20 years. It's got to be a kid that they don't want that we, we happen to get, develop, and becomes a stud. That's the only way we get those kids. We don't take a five-star out of there. We don't, we don't take a four-star out of there. We just don't. Last year was our best opportunity. So the first signing period was great. But where we failed was with the local confirmation in the second signing period, and Mr. Mike Rump didn't get the job done. And that that was just another piece of the disarray our program went in because it was disarray. And that Orange Bowl game was horrific. The Clemson game was worse. So now what are we faced with? I'm telling you right now, we're losing five starters, six starters on defense. Jackson's gone. Pickney's gone. Shaq is gone. Quan's gone. Redwine's gone. And Mike and and, uh, Kiff from Alabama, he's gone. They're all gone. Those kids are gone. Oh, and Mike Smith is 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 graduating. He's done. He's done. Right? We're in deep shit next year on defense. You don't think that has something to do with Manuel getting the hell out of here too? Because they did no. offer him a lot of more money to stay.
1: No, but that's not why <laughs> he Gary, left. He he left because he got a head coaching job. Gary, they offered him five hundred thousand dollars extra to
2: stay, and he said no. Now you you and I you know, it wasn't know, it
1: wasn't about money. It was about. A head coaching. Well,
2: job. hold on, hold on. You and I both know. With the comment he made today, that confirmed the separation, but it also confirmed that he knows fuck, I carried this program. You think he doesn't know that? You think that his guys aren't the guys who carried this program? He carried this program the last three years. And the comment he made today validated everything. Which well,
1: let's not forget they lost 12 color? games. Like, let's keep it in perspective.
2: <laughs> like, hey, nobody's carrying hey, anything
1: let, when you lose 12 times.
2: Well, I can tell you this. That best streak we had last year,
1: it was all predicated on what the defense did
2: first. Okay? Bottom line. With the exception to the to the national runner-up in Clemson. But my point is this. He left now because he knows he'll be back in a year or two, Max. All he's got to do is win seven and eight games the next two years at Temple, and he'll be here.
1: Well, I think him and Ma- I think I, I think if if Miami's smart, it, it, they, he and Mario slug it out against each other because oh, let me tell you something. Now
2: Mario, okay, so now Mario. Not there so is, funny, is right funny. now, and I love Manny, oh. but Mario's
1: miles ahead of him as a head coach because he's had oh, more experience.
2: Oh, okay, and, and what did I try to tell you two years ago? That's why you had to interview that guy. But see here's the problem with the truth. Well, Blake was there.
1: mad at him cuz he left Golden, but but Blake's going to come to understand you an
2: idiot. Blake's, yeah, Blake's going Blake to come he's going
1: to come to understand that Mario was right leaving Golden.
2: Not only was he right leaving Golden, he was right in wanting to come back because all we had to do is say, "Listen, Mark, you're our guy, but you're at this stage of your career." And we want your son to be a part of this. But there's a local guy. There's a guy that's gone through here. There's a guy who's been developing, and we want him to be eventually the head coach in waiting. And that's the move to make. So you know why he didn't? Because he was too afraid. He was so rattled that he couldn't look at Mark in the eye and have and maintain the upper hand because he's the AD. And a true football AD, a true one knows that at the end it's his ass. Hmm. You have to basically demand certain things and you have to foresee the future. Blake James is a young guy, he's not an old guy. His inability to utilize that perspective to use and maintain and try to get back that local resource that can help shut things down, because that guy is one hell of a recruiter. He is raping Southern California right now, Gary. He is raping. I know. USC and UCLA. Well, everybody used to
1: everybody used to question me when I used to talk about Mario, Mario, Mario. Like, you know, I saw the guy in action when he was at FIU and what he was doing there. I was like, you know, and just his work ethic and the way he goes about it, and you know, he's the right guy for this job. I'm telling you, he is the right guy for this job. And I love Manny. I love Manny, but as a CEO recruiter on a nationwide basis, there's no comparison.
2: Well, and and that's what I made. And you and I argued about this a lot, you know, over over the message boards. And I was attacked. I was attacked. And every once in a while, you see a little bit of that that uh, anti Hispanic uh, element that we have on Canesport. It comes out every once in a while, which is cool. That's part of that's part of life. I get it. But I I tried to make it clear he is the closest to Jimmy Johnson. Mentally, his approach, the way he deals with his family, the way he deals with everything that's going on outside of his control, which he doesn't see. The guy was programmed the right way, and we basically threw that son of a bitch away. Because all we had to do was say, come back. You're the associate head coach. Because, hell, he had been a head coach. And let me just say one more
1: thing. He would have come back for that deal. No doubt. He would – no doubt and he no, would, and he would you. not be the head coach at Oregon today had he done so
2: hey you know what and that's okay and that's okay for us
1: no i think it's, it's better i think it's better that he's the head coach at Oregon because he's getting experience oh i wouldn't say that at all I, I, I that is total i don't i don't buy into that for one second he would come he's back kidding. here for the head coaching job at Miami he would be back in a nanosecond
2: well this is my opinion. I felt at the very, at the very beginning of all this when, 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 when we lost those three games in a row and Perry didn't come in and Perry hadn't gotten better. I got really worried, and that's when I started saying, let me, let me look at this objectively. And when I looked back and started evaluating everything, and I, I talked to all my family, my friends up in Georgia, I go, we're, we're in a freaking mess right here. And then we gave the guy an extension. And that's when I knew we were in trouble. And we're in big trouble. And, you know, everybody loves to criticize me when I say, hey, I don't care if John Rick goes to Oregon 58 times. He ain't getting this kid. And I made it clear to you guys, when that kid went to visit his uncle Willie, why did everything change? Why did everything change? Because you cannot fool kids. You can't lie to kids. Kids, especially whose father has been a college coach for 36, 37 years, who was a great player in his own right, in a small college or whatever. But this kid is pedigree for football. Can't lie to those kids. You can't. No, you can't. I I don't know if he'll be any good, but the point is, look at all the resources that this kid, John Rick, has been given, all the trips that he's making, and he gets nothing freaking done. And the one kid he signed is leaving because if you think that William Jaron Williams is staying, that kid's out of here.
7: As soon as this yeah, whole we'll game's see. over,
2: he's out. Oh, he's out, Gary. That's why he looks like he's gained 20 pounds. And that yeah, he why he didn't, uh, a he,
1: he looked, he didn't he look very good at all. In the EPA practice. Yeah, we'll see. All right, everything. Back. Listen, I got to let some other guys have a voice here. Um, all right. But thank, Gary, one more but thing. thank you as always, who man. Do we
2: get? Who do we get? Who do we get? Who do we get tomorrow? Come on.
1: Oh, well, I think all did. the key I didn't, none of the key guys are announcing. Bogle's not announcing, Tyreek's not announcing, Hazelwood's not announcing. This is gonna go yeah, on thanks. for weeks here. This is gonna you know, go I, into
2: the future. So we'll see. I think, I think we're gonna end up we're gonna end up with one, and that's gonna be the freak in
1: my opinion. Not tomorrow.
7: No, but it
1: Yeah. Well I think there's a decent chance of that. we we'll see. All right, man. Be hey, there, thank you well. as always. We'll, we'll talk to you next be show. Well. You got it, Be you well, too. Thanks for calling in. alright nine three six three three. Five six 999 You hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go now to the 240. You're live on Kingsport Live.
0: <laughs> what's up, Gary? D-Black.
1: Hey, what's up, D-Black? How you doing tonight?
0: Hey, I'm good, you know. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. And oh, man, I'll tell you, result. it's like
1: we started out tonight, and I thought we were going to have a recruiting show, <laughs> and all everybody wants to do is talk about Margaret. <laughs> Nobody cares about. I mean, recruiting.
0: Because, I mean, well, you know, you know, you know everything that like 305 was saying, you know I, I you know I I, I, read, this, I read this stuff on, on the message boards, you know, some things I agree with, you know, some things I don't you know that is natural. You know, like tonight, some of the things he said was spot on. You know what I'm saying? was spot on. You know, I think, I think Mike Rump is a hell of a coach. I think he's a great teacher. The DBs look awesome. You know what I'm saying? But um, it, it is a recruiting show. And you can't talk recruiting without talking Mark Rick because this is his program. And you said he has to run the program the way he sees fit. Well, guess what? Al Golden ran the program the same way, and look what happened. You see what I'm saying? Um, you have your son, who I said the last time I called before, you know, before you went on a little hiatus, I broke it down. Like, why should, to, why, why should I send my son to play quarterback for you? Who have you developed? Who have you recruited to, to your school? You can't sit here. You can't tell me that. And what 305 say, you can't lie to kids whose father's been coaching, whose father has played. That's like with well, my son. Like, you can't come in my living room and, and shoot me a bunch of bullshit or my, or my children a bunch of bullshit because I'm, I'm going to call you on that. I'm going I'm, to I'm I'm call you on your BS. Because if you're coming in my house, Mark, Rick, and John, my question is, okay, why is your son the quarterback coach? I haven't seen no development from any of your quarterbacks for the past three years. Why is your son a quarterback coach? Who has he recruited? What quarterback committed to, to your son? Why should I even consider sending my son to your school? See, you've you got to ask these, as, as, a, as a former player and a coach, I know what questions to ask. So you can't shoot no, you can't, I'm not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe. You know, just like, now, why why you hire the two coordinators? Like, what's the rush? Like, somebody said, yeah, Georgia don't got a D, a D coordinator. They, they ain't in no rush. See, because they not in no rush because they know their program is in a good place where it's still going to recruit itself. See, but Mark Wick knows he's fucked this program up, part of my friends. You had three years, you had Three game losing streaks every year. This year it was four. So now you know your program is teeter tottering. A program that you're running. This isn't Georgia. These fans aren't the same. We Miami fans are not the same. And Blake James and Mark Rick, who wants to keep silencing all these players, the past players who built this program to where it was. They got a right to voice their opinion, especially the ones, I do care if they're not giving money, but especially the ones that's cutting those checks, cutting those checks. And, yo, and it's time out for spending money and resources on kids or on young men that you know are not coming. Like, you know they're not coming. So why? And, and that comment that Manny said, Manny basically told everybody, it's, the, it's Coach Rick in the offense. That's why we seven and five, And that's why he said that's a question better, better, better answered by somebody else in the program. Because, <laughs> Gary, it's only so much 18-, 19-year-old young men are going to be able to take when they see the defense week in, week out, busting their ass, trying to pitch shutouts. You remember the movie, The Program? You remember the movie, The Program, that came out in, like, 1993?
1: You remember that? I do. I didn't see it, it, but I I remember it.
0: All right. Well, well, there's a scene in there when the star quarterback, he has to go to rehab, right? And then Mm -hmm. one of the linemen, he got suspended for taking steroids. So Alvin Mack was like, you know – Talking about the offense, and he was like, shit. Now the defense have to pitch shutouts now. The whole fucking season down the drain. That's how our defensive players feel. So imagine them going in the locker room and they looking at offensive teammates for two or three weeks in a row. They only score freaking 13 points. It's natural. It's, it's, it's natural, Gary. It's natural because they feel like you're not holding up your weight. You're not pulling your weight. You'll keep putting the defense in uncompromising positions. If your defense is staying on the field long enough, I don't care who you got out there. They're going to wear down. They're going to get tired. They're going to give up drives. They're going to get scored on when your offense can't sustain a drive, can't put points on the board to give give them a rep. So, yeah, it probably was separate. It probably was two separate teams. Offense against the defense. And who fault is that? Coach Rick. He still got that sorry ass coach seals coaching. I don't know why he got why he has a job. Like, I sent you the email today. What did I say to you when I sent you that email? what did I say? I said I said the UAB offense look better than ours. They offensive line look better than ours.
1: I don't know about that. Why I don't know about that, that though. I don't know, I just saw their quarterback throw a pretty ugly pass, to hey, Black. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, but, look, hold on. What's the score? 37-13, UVA got a receiver. Right now he has seven catches for 227 yards, right? Then he got two other, two other receivers in this game with more than five catches in this game. And the offense is moving. The offense is spread out. They got a lot of, a lot of movement in the offense. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And the point that um, that Ross was trying to make about Hartley when you were saying, Yeah, he should have went to a Memphis, no. The point is what he's saying is if he goes to Memphis and Memphis knows how to use this use him to the best of his ability, why the hell can't Mark Rick if he's such a great of a coach? That's the point Ross was trying to make. Why should he have to go to Memphis to ball out when he should be able to ball out at Miami given his ability? if Mark Rick is such a great offensive play caller. That's the point he was trying to make. So our offense is in the stone ages, yo. There's no movement whatsoever. It's very predictable. It's very predictable. And for him not to even think about bringing in some help, it's a problem. But that's fine because guess what? When we go, when we go five and whatever next year, maybe six or whatever, you know what I'm saying? He could get the he could get the boot because he, he will be he he will have to leave. He will have to get fired. You make that call up to Eugene. We you need to come back home and you need to get this thing back to where it's supposed to be. Back I think it, I think I think, all
1: all year. I think it'll be at least two years. I think it'll be at least two years, and if it ends no, up being that no, situation, Garrett, Garrett, I think that'll be perfect Garrett. timing for Mario.
0: Gary, ain't no two years, bro.
1: I think it's going to take. I I don't know the how they they would buy out for four years. I don't I don't know how they would do it. They'd have to get very creative.
0: Look, yeah, well, look, well, guess what? Guess what? They know how to get creative. They know they know how to move money. They know how to, they, trust me. They know how to move money. Move money's here. Take money's here. Trust me, that's the business that they in. They know how to do that. You got multi-millionaire cash. On the board of trustees, trust me, they know how to move money. They know how to broker deals to get what they want. And if the program has another season like it did this year, six and five, or, or whatever we say, we only win six days next year. Mark my words, he is gone because ain't nobody gonna come now. So if you if you keep them here, the recruiting class, you think we're forty something now? Say so we may only have the seven. We may our class maybe ranked seventy in the seventies next year. Then the offense is ranked. Our offense is ranked ninety-four in the country this year. We're ranked ninety-four, Gary. Ninety-four with the Lamborghinis and Bugattis we got on that offense. We only ranked ninety-four. Somebody needs to like the song "The Man in the Mirror." Yo, Mark Rick needs to listen to that song. He needs to put on some Mike Jackson and play that song "Man in the Mirror." And he better take a close look at the man in the mirror and say, "Yeah, this is on you." You lost the best thing to this program because of your stubbornness. If the season would have turned out better, Manny wouldn't have left.
1: Oh, I disagree. You don't. T- if yeah. you're Manny Diaz, you don't turn down a head coaching job. Why not? Because you just don't.
0: If, if you hold on, hold on. Why, hold on, hold on, hold on, Gary, hold on, hold on, because uh, uh, we we I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, we gonna I'm going I'm go here with you. Why not? Burt Foster has done it for years. Brett Venable has done it for years. Why? Why leave something good right now?
6: Well, if, we were, to if we were, head coach.
0: Hold on, if hold on, if we were better this season, if we were in the ACC championship game or won it, why would Manny leave? Manny like, said, I could just, hey, I stay here for another year because I know I can get a better offer than Temple. Maybe next year, maybe yeah, you could still offer get a better. Than the
1: guys don't stay at Temple more than a couple years. Yeah, exactly. he could still get a better offer. Uh,
0: but, uh, but but he could still stay at Miami and still build But his he, he but, but
1: if he wants to be the head coach at Miami, which I'm sure he does, he had to go out and get head coaching experience. Not,
0: not, not, not why, why? Why? Well, because
1: it'll help him why? become a better head coach.
0: Okay, so if, if he still has the number one ranked defense in the country, number two ranked defense in the country, and we was winning this year. Come on, D-Black. You know that they they that, they, they were not Go really home. the no, second no. best
1: defense in the country. Come on, man. No, Seriously, no, listen, come on. No,
0: listen, no, you, no, listen, listen
1: I mean, I know that's, me. that's the way it I'm, came out statistically no, or whatever, but they weren't really the second best defense in the
0: country. No, you're not, Gary, you're not. You, you, listen to me. Listen to me. I know that, but what I'm saying is, this is what I'm saying. I'm giving you a hypothetical. I'm giving you a hypothetical. I say – if the season would have panned out how we all expected it to, and we played Clemson and won the ACC title game, right? With what was considered the number two ranked decent, come back to 2019 and repeat the same process. Manny is just stacking his pocket. He's making himself more desirable. That's all I'm saying. But now he's gone. Hopefully. I think Bandit and Pipe, I think they'll do well. Because Randy was a linebacker's coach before he became the D coordinator. You know what I'm saying? Chad Morris was coached in high school before he got to offer the coordinator's job at Clemson. So it could work. But it's only going to work if Mark Rick if Mark Rick gets the broom out of his butt and realizes what he's doing offensively don't work no more and get, and get fresher, get younger, get more innovative. If not, we're looking at another subpar season, uh, Gary, and he needs to go. They need to do what they got to do. They know how to move money around. Trust me, they know how to move money around. They know how to move money here. Uh, let's, we'll he he let, let's
1: see how things go next year, and then we'll have that conversation. Right now it's kind of a moot point. All right, D-Black, let me let, let some of these move, other guys get me. on, man.
0: Yeah, keep me a hold, man.
1: You got it. Hey, thank you as always for calling in. Great talking to you. All right, let's go to the 256. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 256. Going once. Going twice. All right, it'll have to be next time. Let's go to the uh, 352. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 352. Going once. Going twice? Come on, guys. If you hit one, stay at your phone so we can get you on. Let's go to 917. You're on Kane Sport Live.
10: Hey, Gary. What's up? BK. Erickson? Hey,
1: what's up, BK? How you doing this week, man? I'm hanging in there. I got on late, so, you know,
10: I can only imagine what people were talking about. But um, I just needed some clarity. Like, when the word came out that Packy and Banda were co-defensive coordinators, I didn't you know, what does that mean? Is Simpson the actual coordinator, or
1: no? And no, coordinators uh, are the are sharing the title. Uh, I'm assuming a lot of it is for the purposes of pay. Uh, Banda is going to call, will be calling the defense on game day, and Patkey will work with Banda during the week on the game plan. Um, Jess will clearly be involved in that as well, and as I'm sure Rump will to a degree, and whoever else they hire. Uh, but Banda will be calling on game day.
10: Okay, all right. All right. Okay, so that fixed that. The other thing is, uh, I'm pretty sure this was brought up as well, but I'm a little behind. I, I, I want to apologize. But um, in regards to the likelihood of Mark Rick bringing on an offensive coordinator or, or anyone that could help out with the offense, whether it just be a master recruiter and that a coach the quarterbacks, what's the likelihood of that?
1: Been no indication he's going to do that at all no, now. No, right. no, I mean it, you know, but that doesn't mean he's not. There just hasn't been any right, any indication right, right. that he is. Yeah. Yeah,
10: because because every time I you know you, you know I only watch college football, so I don't watch the NFL. I know everybody's talking, uh, you know, how the spread is invading the NFL. when I look at the spread in college football, every year when you look at the top four guys that are in the playoffs. There's only one spread team. The other teams are typical, like, uh, pro set teams, and they run, like, a few RPOs here and there. So I totally get it and understand what Mark Rick wants to do. But I think it it goes a little past him as well because the only difference between us, Bama, Georgia, and all these teams that run a pro set is their players are better. (laughs) Their players actually run better routes, block better, and catch the ball. So, I'm one of those guys that that's not necessarily sold on the spread offense, air raid, whatever people are calling it. You know, cuz if you look at since the college football inception since the BCS inception, there hasn't been one spread team. I'm it, it, I could be wrong, but I I can't remember one spread team everywhere except maybe Ohio State. That that won a championship with a spread offense.
1: So, yeah. I'm not I'm, I'm I think not he's trying to have the, the best of all worlds. I, I think he's it. trying to run a little bit of everything.
10: Right, right, and that's what a lot of teams are doing. But you know, but it, they're not spread teams. They're not the air raid like what Oklahoma's doing. Look at what don't Look at what Georgia's doing. They're just beating you. Their their guys are better coached. Now, if you want to look at it on another level with our guys, wide receivers not getting open, can't get open. When they do get open, they can't catch the ball. Whose fault is that? That's Dugans. They're not being trained up. They're not being coached up. Offensive linemen that can't block, <laughs> that make mental errors, boneheaded plays, whose fault is that? Cyril. Now, not, not, now, I'm in no way defending Mark Rick at all. But it goes, you know, he has his part to play. But on offense, I know Dugans is a good recruiter and all that, but the wide receivers didn't show up how we needed them to show up. The offensive line didn't show up the way we needed them to show up and because they weren't fundamentally sound. the the offensive line and the wide receivers were not fundamentally sound. Now, I'm not saying this is a fact, but I'm pretty sure that if we had sound, if we had wide receivers that were fundamentally sound, run good routes, catch the ball, maybe, you know, you know, would we have lost four games? Probably not. Probably not. If, if our offensive line did what they were, were supposed to do, would we have lost four games? Probably not. So I get it where he's coming from. I just don't like how he's going about it. Like the whole nonchalant, uh, you know, I got it, but you're not making any changes is, is crazy to me. Now, I can understand you could be stubborn and wanting to run the offense you want to run, but at the same time, you have, you have to at least acknowledge that our wide receivers this year underperformed. Our offensive line completely underperformed. And we're not talking about scrubs on the offense. We're talking about four-star guys and one five-star guy underperforming. Our wide receivers, we're talking about the best athletes in South Florida. All of a sudden, they can't run a route. All of a sudden, they can't catch the ball. You know, that, that, that was mind-boggling to me, you know. But, you know, let's hope that – and even on the development of the quarterbacks, maybe him – Signing uh, his son. Okay, great. You want st- to you want to be the offensive coordinator? Great, but at least bring in a quarterback coach that could also be an ace recruiter that could get us. You know, that could not only develop a quarterback but knows how to recruit a quarterback or knows how to recruit a skill position or even a defense. Know, who knows? You know. But he has to at least acknowledge that there is a problem, and even if he doesn't want to give a play calling, he does have to address those issues you understand what i'm saying so it wasn't just all mark rick because what we saw well, was just he doesn't
1: ha- he doesn't have to but obviously everyone's hoping he will
10: i'm sorry yeah 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 everyone's he- hoping he will yeah you know but you know i mean let's just hope he does something bring you know offensive <laughs> coach quarterback coach a recruiter we have room for another coach now right from my understanding yeah Yeah, we have room for another coach. Bring in a quarterback coach. Make them an ace recruiter, and let's see what happens. And hopefully replace Cyril's. You know what I'm saying? That'll be a start. But just to change that subject real quick, I just want to give everybody a chance to get on on the phone. Like, um, Justin Fields is leaving Georgia. Now, you think if Hasselwood comes, because supposedly they're very good friends.
1: Yeah, now there's rumors that they might go to Oklahoma together.
10: Right, that's that's the big thing I've been seeing. Oak, yeah, um Hasselwood goes to Oklahoma. I'm pretty sure if Hasslewood goes to Oklahoma, Justin Fields is a lock to Oklahoma. I agree. But if he ends yeah, up if he ends up here, if he ends up here, there's a good chance Justin Fields ends up I agree. here. And the D T from Michigan, the kid that's transferring. hmm. He initially wanted to come here. <laughs> so that could that could that's a position of need as well. You know, you know, depth, yeah. depth, depth-wise. So, hopefully, if we can get Hasslewood to say yes, we we have a good chance with Fields and our quarterback problems could be solved because he could play the next year, right? I'm assuming because he redshirted this year.
1: Uh no,
10: he did not I redshirt wrong? this year.
1: Okay, I, I wasn't sure. He I, I wasn't he's going sure. to try to get a waiver no, though. He did red-shirt. Gonna...
10: No, no, he, he didn't. didn't red-shirt. No, they he used to They four, used him. He them. played more than four games.
1: I believe so, yeah. But uh, the, oh, he's going to try okay. to get a, he's he's going to try to get a waiver because there were there were some issues up there that you know he there I think they're they're hoping they can get the NCAA to give him a waiver.
10: All right. Well, Hasselwood is the key. If we get Hasselwood, that's going to change the whole recruiting class. That's going to change our quarterback situation. It could change everything around this. Everything surrounding this one kid could change our fortunes next year, especially if Fields comes and then gets the waiver. I know, it's a different ball
1: game. Yep, no doubt.
10: Totally. All right, BK. All right, Gary, keep me on the line.
1: You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right. Let's go to the 305. You're on Kane Sport Live.
7: How you doing, Gary?
1: Doing great. Who's this? Thomas. What's up, Thomas? What you got for us? All right. um,
7: It's a recruiting
1: show. And, well, we're, 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 that was the idea. <laughs> it hasn't turned out to be that. Yeah, but. <laughs> I, I,
7: I mean, it's, it's a recruiter show, so I'm, I'm gonna try to get some recruiting in as well. Go ahead. I mean, but my 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 only thing is is, and I heard you said earlier is that when we get a quarterback, you know, now ev- ev- everybody wants a quarterback. Everybody wants. You know, NFL wants a franchise quarterback. College college teams want want a you know quarterback that can win them ten, eleven games. But where's the development within that? That's where a lot of the callers and posters kind of get upset with you because you kind of skip that part of how does the quarterback get to be a great quarterback. We have nothing in place at this moment to develop a quarterback, and it has been shown over this three-year period to where Mark Rick himself doesn't even know whether or not he's making a good decision in keeping um, Rozier, who's limited, or Perry, who hasn't developed. He doesn't know who to go with. So the recruiting part of it that I I want to get to is and, and another caller said this earlier, if Mark Rick and John Rick come into my kids come to my, my home recruiting my my kid who's a quarterback, why would I send my kid here? They've already, a year a year out, they've already given up on their own nephew. Well, he he's given up on his own nephew. If Davo Sweeney or Nick Saban had that same situation and that quarterback was any good, they wouldn't give up on that situation. They would find a way to make it work. Now, granted, the kid might not be good anyway. You know, looking at the numbers he put up this year, but At some point, everybody, including people who cover this program, have to start pointing and saying, hey, Mark Rick isn't doing a good enough job. Staff included Cyrils of developing these, what we see as top-tier recruits into, you know, possible pros or just, you know, ACC first, second, third teamers. That's where the disconnect is coming in at with a lot of people who call in and yell at you, fuss you out. Because it's like you just kind of take the, well, let's just wait and see. I think I could scheme up four plays for Mark Pope somewhere.
1: I agree with that. I agree. I
7: don't get
1: it.
7: I agree with you. This kid is a five-star, four-star, whoever. one catch, 12 yards. That, that, That's tough. As a parent, that's tough as the player, that's tough as another recruit coming behind them to see, man, this guy, everybody wanted him, one catch, 12 yards. You can find four plays somewhere in each game, to get these kids something, you know, to to where they're looking forward to doing something. And the last thing I'll say is, still still having a job is just ridiculous. If they go into next year and he's the offensive line coach, every kid in, in that room, with the exception of the new recruits who by all means are throwaways, None of those kids believe in what he's teaching them. So how can they improve? How can they get better? If you've taught me for two or three years and it hasn't worked, why is it going to start working now? And that's all I got for you, Gary. You can put me put me on hold. All
1: right, man. Great call. Uh, give us a call another time. All right, guys. So let's say you own a business. In South Florida, and you got to have a hol- you're getting ready to have a holiday party, and, and you're trying to decide where do I take everybody, or where do I order food for this great holiday party that you want to have in your business establishment, and you know where I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you to Sicilian Oven, and uh, everybody would just absolutely love the food that you would get. At Sicilian Oven or from Sicilian Oven, you could get yourself some pizzas, some, some pasta dishes, some, maybe a, some shrimp dish, maybe an eggplant dish for the people that like eggplant, maybe some calamari and some mussels. It's authentic Italian dining, and now is the perfect time to check it out here during the holiday season. You know, I was driving the other day through Aventura. And was feeling a little hungry and wandered into Sicilian Oven's Aventura location and had myself a, a great lunch. And um, it just reinforced what I've been telling you guys on this show all year long about how great Sicilian Oven really is. And uh, your meal can begin with appetizers. Like the, the one I really love is their homemade Tuscan bread. And it comes with olive oil, garlic, rosemary, shaved Parmesan, really, really good. Or the Sicilian bruschetta. They do a really good job with that. They have meatballs and rice balls. And I told you about the calamari and mussels. And then you can move on to pizza where you have those classic pizzas with traditional toppings and gourmet and select pizza combinations that are really unique. Um, My favorite is the Joey D. It comes with meatballs, ricotta, shaved Parmesan. Um, It's really a special pizza pie. And if you don't want pizza, How about their wings? Their wood-fired rings are marinated for 24 hours in Italian herbs and spices and served with caramelized onions. They have soup, salads, sandwiches, pasta dishes. No matter your taste, you're going to find something really, really good to eat at Sicilian Oven at any one of their six locations throughout South Florida. Plantation, Fountains Complex off University Drive, Aventura, 205th and Biscayne, Coral Springs, Sample Road and 101st. Lighthouse Point at 2486 North Federal Highway, the Boca Raton location at St. Andrews Boulevard next to Publix, and that great location with the full liquor bar on Oakland Park Boulevard just west of Bayview. So get on over this holiday season. Take your staff, take your work friends, and go have a great Italian meal at Sicilian Oven and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining. Visit SicilianOven.com to find the nearest location to you. It's Sicilian Oven and Sicilian, SicilianOven.com. You not only love the taste, you will taste the love. And, uh, man, I'm so happy I was able to bring Sicilian Oven to you guys this year. So many of our listeners on Sport Live have told me um, that they've gone out there and, and, and tried the food, and uh, I wasn't blowing a lot of smoke on this show all year. They really do a great job, so check them out. Let's go to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Sebastian, something wrong with your phone? You're coming through, you're coming through garbled.
8: Can you me, you're still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me
1: now? Uh, then now we can hear you. Yeah, go ahead. What's going on, man? How you been?
8: Hey, man, I'm just watching the waters in Puerto Rico, man. I just took me a little vacation, but trying to just enjoy life, but, man, I'm frustrated because I'm just like this football program seems like we've taken some major, major steps back, man, and I I don't know where this call going to go. We can focus on recruiting, but I want to talk about some other stuff too. The thing I will tell you about recruiting is when I look at the way our recruiting classes go, it seems like all the top prospects that were interested in Miami were looking forward to going to Miami is now just kind of sitting on the fence seeing if another better offer is going to come. Like, I, I really felt like we were going to hold on to Bogle, but I felt like once Thibodeau uh, com- com- committed to Oregon, I think, you know, he's just waiting to see if he's going to be able to fit in Alabama's class. And I really believe that's what's going to happen. I don't think we're going to get, you know, Mark, Anthony Richards, which I would hope that we would have been able to get. Yep. And I felt like we invested too much into the Lakeland guys when we really could have just tried to, tried to sure up another tight end or another defensive end to be stood up at the altar. And that's what I'm really frustrated with. It just seems like the way we went about this whole recruiting class is we kind of we cater too much to too many of these prima donnas just to be left at the altar with all these kids. And I don't understand their rhyme or reason for it. For us to be saying that we're going to wait and see in January to see if we're going to be able to offer a kid and try to get them in our class, to me, sounds kind of foolish. You know, like to not get Edwards and James' uh, nephew at the running back position because we were so bent on Crowley, who was committed to us for such a long time, and then he just bolts on us. And then we have no way of being able to rebound from it because we're just kind of like holding on to all these special kids that we believe we're going to get in our class just for all of them to bail on us. i tell you, the two kids in this whole recruiting class that I feel like has been true two or three, has been four. There have been true canes from top to bottom. It's Brooke Payton and Jahari, the defensive end. Other than that, it's been shaky with everybody else. Well, Huff has been there too. But it's really been shaky with everybody else. We have more deep commitments than we have commitments. And that's just absolutely ridiculous. So what I don't understand Gary, this is what you need to help me with, is what is it when we say we offer a kid but he doesn't have, like, a committed offer I just believe that you know do what Nick Saban and Alabama do offer more kids than you have scholarships for. you know I mean these kids are sticking it to us every single year, and we have nothing to show for it like to, like for all the well, that he, here's the, the problem Sebastian. Right now, here for all this investment we put in the tire Stevenson right now for him not to choose Miami. Since it teaches all the other South Florida kids that you could do Miami like this.
1: Well, here, here, here. He, here's 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 the problem, Sebastian. When you're not recruiting from a position of strength, which they are not this year, that's when you run into problems. And you know they're just not they there's not recruiting from a, a position of strength based on the season they it just is, had. It
8: doesn't seem like they it doesn't seem like they identify kids from the standpoint of this is my grade A, this is my B and this is my C. So when A falls off, I can go after B, or when B falls off, I can go after C. I mean I look at like Florida, for them to take both of our offensive linemen commits and still was able to hold on to there and still be able to go after more. It's just like it's just like the secret to success to stay relevant in the state of Florida is to find out how much damage you can do to Miami so you can stay one echelon above them.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: I mean, for like, I mean, just for like, just to lose like Kingsley and Tarquin and to have like no backup plan. I mean, they had to know those guys were gonna flip on them.
1: I don't think like, they you did. Had to, <laughs> I don't you think know, they did. Know, I, they're, really they're, they're, think they're, they're,
8: I really don't think they did. This is why I get frustrated with me. I think this
1: I whole know, I thing, I'm starting to believe that this entire thing has been orchestrated by Florida and that it's the payback for Nesta Severa last year because, it, I mean, everyone that's defecting that seemed to be coming to Miami is going to Florida. You,
0: you, I mean, what what's what, 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 uh, what, what,
8: what, 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 hard... For me to understand, Gary, and this is why I struggle is. I mean, I feel like as fans, we see this thing coming, and how does like the coaching staff and what's going on inside of Miami can't see it? We see. I mean, we. I mean, I'm Gary. I mean, you had a couple of people on the call saying we knew those Lakeland guys weren't coming to us. We would have been so better off going to find another tight end. And find another defensive end, just to let those guys do what they did to us. You know, there could have been a point where we just said, "Look, are. Are you in? Do you want? Are you really? Look, we got two scholarships for you. If you, if you're not going to commit, we're going to just part ways and we're going to go in a totally different direction. I mean, we got two star tight ends last year that didn't do that to us. And why would we sit there and go through with the summer raw and different? I mean, just it makes absolutely no sense to me. And so when I look at the way we recruit, it seems like we have one solid good recruiting weekend and then other than that, it seems like we're not really evaluating other kids to go after. And so we can't get our we can't swing for the fences and get number 1. We have number 2, no number 2 or no number 3. Like for us to put all our money into this one quarterback out of Oregon means to say that out of the whole country of the United States, we could not have found another kid that would have been decent enough that we could have got. It just makes absolutely no sense. I'll transition here. Okay, I can live with having a bad year, a, a season where it just doesn't work out for you. I'll give you a prime example. Look at Notre Dame. They were ranked pretty high and at the end of the year, I think they finished 4-8, if, if I remember correctly. This year, they're playing, for the they're playing in the playoff. And so what did they do that we don't do? Well, they got rid of some coaches. They hired some coordinators. They made some major changes. You see that at a lot of programs. You see it at Auburn when they'll let a coordinator go that took them to the national championship game to bring in another coordinator. They make major changes. And so what I don't understand with our program, and this is where you can give us some insight on that frustrates us as fans, and what keeps us from being able to make those changes? It seems like this year, or we're in an environment where the University of Miami has money to really allocate towards a particular resources, but for us to not even, I mean, get a seasoned veteran coordinator, on the offensive side or the defensive side. Now, look, I have no issue with Bandit getting promoted. I don't have an issue with Bandit getting promoted. But your problem wasn't on the defense. Your problem is on the offense. And here's the point I want to make. When Manny Diaz came in three years ago, the problems that we had at the University of Miami is we were horrible on the defensive line. And we weren't that good on defense. When Al and if you look at his last two years, last three years, we never stopped anybody on third and one. Fourth and one, we never did. Absolutely never did. And then Manny comes along, it wasn't like he had the cream of the crop uh, talent on the defense side of the ball, but you see what a good coach can do in developing talent. And so for Mark Rick to be in a position right now to, to throw in our face, oh, the next coach I'm going to hire is going to be on the defensive side. Either he has a great poker hand to play, or he just really think Miami fans really have no expectations of ever getting to a point of relevance. And why are we even doing that?
0: Why are we even doing that?
8: I mean, for you to be sitting close to 100 in the NCAA in total offense, and for you to believe you have no reason to make a change, It's just absolutely crazy and blows my mind. And here's my last point. For the three years we've been in this program, the one position that has not gotten better is the offensive line. It just has not gotten – it just has not improved on the offensive line. In three years on the offensive line, we haven't had one one player make – you can can look up – you can have the research, Gary, all ACC, first team. Second team, third team, or even an honorable mention. And so I'm sitting here thinking, how in the world can you see you have no reason to make a change? Like, what 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 is absolutely going on there for me the, to have no reason to make a change?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I is, obviously not... agree with you. You know, we'll see what he decides. You know, I I like? don't.
0: Does, does that make sense? I mean, how could you see that you don't
8: have to make a change? The hey, they've, time, lost, 12, they've
1: lost 12 games in three years. That, that screams something's wrong.
8: Does that make sense? And, and, and the one position that has not gotten better at all, I mean, i I give you a perfect example. Okay, the first year we had stability with Brad Tye quarterback. Okay, the last year is not so good. Tight ends. I mean, I looked at her and they played for the Jets the other day. He looked absolutely phenomenal. I mean he's yeah, gonna he's be a long a pro. And yeah, and I'm really happy for him and please give it up to his uh Daddy Kane, you know, give it up to his son. I mean he, he's represented the U well, okay. At running back, we've been pretty decent at running back. I mean, it looks like Homer's gonna get over a thousand yards this year, so we've been okay. At the receiver spot, you know, before Amon Richards got hurt, we you you can see you can see you know, a top you, – you can see a, a, a top program at the wide receiver spot. Now, we're struggling offensive line and quarterback. I get that. On the defensive lineman, we're going to have players on the defensive line that's going to play in the NFL. At the linebacker position, we're going to have the same thing. And at the cornerback position and the safety position, we're going to have the same thing. But the one position that has not improved over three years is the offensive line. Now, this is the last point I want to make. okay. Because I can't, I, I just can't see myself investing money to go see another Kings football game. I understand. Man, a lot of
1: people are, are saying to that to me. Future it's future. getting kind of scary. What's that? I've got a lot of people telling me they're not renewing their tickets.
8: <laughs> well, that, that, well, you know what I mean. Look, how do? If you're in a relationship, how does a woman vote? She votes for her feet. She stays. She voted for you. If she leaves, she didn't vote for you. Okay, so I get it. The last one, the last one I want to make, and this is the part that you know I'm not going after you, Gary. But here's what I need you to hear: I understand you don't have a good love pair relationship for the Cosby parents, okay? And just hear me when I say this. Well, I okay. just know
1: what they're dealing. I know what they're dealing okay. with there, I, and, and I, I know I that he's uh, good, he he can blow up the whole program at any moment. <laughs> you know, it's like.
8: Very 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 far uh, for the course, but what I have to tell you is there hasn't been a quarterback in the program in three years that Mark Rick was ever a fan of that really seems like he enjoyed coaching. I'll give yeah. you this example, you know Jack Allison is going to start the bowl game for West Virginia. Mhm, I just want you to think about that for a second you know not yeah, they might have game. been a little
1: quick on a little a little quick on uh, dismissing that one
8: mm. <sighs> Okay, just, just hear me out, Gary. Just hear me out, because I know I'll get cut off real soon. Just
4: think about that for a
8: second. is going to go. He's, he wants to play on Sunday. He don't want to take a chance to get injured. Jack Allison is going to be the starting quarterback for West Virginia in their bowl game. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying Jack Allison's a five-star. I'm not saying no. he's going to be a number one draft pick. But what I am saying is, in the short time he's been at West Virginia, they have confidence enough in him that they're going to allow this guy to start as the starting quarterback in their bowl game. Mm
6: -hmm.
8: And when you look at what's going on at Miami, at their quarterback position, the one common denominator is that Mark Rick has not liked any of the quarterbacks that he's had at Miami. Mm
6: -hmm. And
8: so it begs the question of just asking, I mean, if you go out with five girls and the guy comes back and says they were all horrible, they all had issues, they all had problems, there is one common denominator, and that's Mark Rick, and that's his son is the son of the quarterback's coach. And could it be that the best decision Mark Rick could make going into next season is to give up his pride and to hire an offensive coordinator? and to see if he will get a different result. And the only no reason why I'm saying that, Gary, is when we watch the game, I can tell you from the formation what we're going to do. And I'm a fan. I am a fan. I'm somebody that goes to the game. And I should not know that when a quarterback lines up, claps his hands, six seconds left, he's going he's to hike the ball, and on first down, he's going to run it straight up the middle. We cannot do that year after year, over and over. And so, the last important point I'll make, and I'm done, done, completely done here. Look, whatever's going to come in tomorrow for our recruiting classes is
4: going to come on. The kids
8: that are out there right now are the kids that are like the plan B kids, that all these other guys, weren't able, all these other teams weren't able to fill up their allocated spot and so they still want to get recruited and get their ego stroke. Okay, I think after the bowl game will be a good time that if you're going to make any changes, to make those changes, if you can. Because there may be some other talented kids that you may be able to get within your program. Our program is not broke, but it's on its way to being broken. If we look at what happened this year, and think nothing needed to change. What Manny Diaz said was something that we as fans were able to see that you know what? Look, we have a seven and five team, but we didn't have a seven and five defense. And if we could have fixed some of the things on the offensive side of the ball, we would have been in a different place. I want you to keep me on hold. Let's right, continue this conversation. Whatever you wanna whatever you wanna add, go ahead and add to it and we'll we'll talk
1: later. All right, man. Hey, thank you for the call. Agree with a lot of what you said. All right, let me uh, zip through these topics that were submitted on the message board, Kane Sport, and then we're going to go rapid fire through these last couple calls tonight. Um, did it backfire to have so many recruits on campus last weekend? You, you know, that that's an interesting question because things didn't really go so well and certainly didn't go as well as expected. So. Yeah, I mean that might have been a little bit of a factor. Maybe they 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 weren't able to give the individualized attention that might have put like a Chris Bogle over the edge for tomorrow. And um, you know he might still come, but looks like he's going to postpone his decision. We'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. Anyway, um, the negativity and just bad PR around the program has been going on since the LSU game. Very true with recruiting. Piling on decommits and overall state of recruiting to the negativity. Does Mark Rick and Blake James really believe that zero communication is healthy for long-term success? This is a really good question that we're dealing with here. Cause uh, do, do they have a PR department, the lack of communication and action from the football program since the season and frankly, the last three seasons gives everyone the right to question things and be pissed off. Stop blaming the fans for being negative negative. The state of affairs is 100% the fault of Mark Rick and Blake James. You know, they do have a communications problem, and they do have a PR problem. And, and I agree with you that not enough respect is being made to the messaging that's going out to the fan base. And, uh, God, I mean, we, here's an example. We talked to Mark Rick today for the first time, I think, in, uh, in a couple weeks. we had four questions Uh, you know there was no time for detailed discussion now we're getting them again tomorrow in a different setting and hopefully um, we'll be able to ask more but they have a communications problem Mark Richt has not stood in front of this fan base and laid out his plan to make this situation and this program better and in doing so, it would have been a way to communicate it to the community. It would have been a, a way to communicate it to the high school coaches, to the recruits. Uh, it can't be – you can't lose all these games and have it be business as usual. Okay? So I don't know – I don't remember who sent in this question, but this is a great question, and it's a great topic. And this unquestionably is something that they have to get better at going forward. You can't lose like this and sit on a pedestal looking down at your fan base and the people that are supporting you. And there are a lot of people who have been big supporters of this program and who buy tickets and travel to road games and everything else who are telling me they're not doing it next year. And if it really plays out this way and they lose all the momentum that they gained in ticket sales and everything else, You know, in in the last year coming into this year and and how how good the stadiums become and everything, if they lose all that momentum, it's going to be a damn shame. They got to do a better job of communicating to their fan base, acknowledging where things are wrong and creating an overall general atmosphere around the program. So, like I said, I forget who sent that question, but whoever did, whoever did, kudos to you sir, because that was a great topic. Was Randy Shannon seriously considered by Rick? No, there was never a search. It was just a crazy idea I had. I thought it was a pretty good one because I see some of the deficiencies that appear to be in the program, and I thought Randy could go a long way toward being an asset in correcting some of those, but uh, there was never a search, and uh, now we're um, pulling for Banda and Patke. Any staff changes possibly coming ahead we don't know yet. Uh, Mark Rick has not given us any indication that there are. Uh, what's he going to do with the 10th coaching spot it, it'll be uh, it'll, it, it'll be a defensive coach, but again, like I said earlier in the show, I don't think that has anything to do with whether he makes changes on offense. One thing in this case has nothing to do uh, with the other. Um, Why won't people turn in the alleged offenders if they're breaking the laws and recruiting? That's another great question that I don't have an answer for. I don't understand how some of these schools get away with it cycle after cycle after cycle. Nobody calls any attention to it. Nobody investigates it. They just keep going back for more. Um, Any reasons behind Miami being trolled with more frequency than any other program in America? I don't know if that's true or not. We'd have to do a study on that. But I think Florida appears to me to have made a concerted effort to troll Miami this year and they appear to be doing a darn good job of it I, I you know there's a pretty good chance they get the lakeland kids um you know they got the other two miami commits to decommit so florida's picking up momentum and that's not a good thing for for the canes in the big picture you know they had florida right where they wanted them uh not any longer all right 5639993633 nine, 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 three, um, right now I've got uh looks like about four guys uh five guys on the board that wanna get on. We've got about ten minutes of show, which means you each get two minutes apiece. Let's do it in rapid fire. Let's start with the three one seven, you're on kane Sport Live.
11: Hey Gary. I don't even have uh just wanna say happy holidays this is that dude eighty
1: one. Oh hey I man. Think, uh, everything, hey, what's going on? I think
11: everything's been well, said we... and tonight, uh What'd you say? No, go ahead. Uh, I think everything's been said tonight. You know, I can't even over-exaggerate how frustrated I am as a fan, as a contributor to the program, even as a future alum, because I got into uh, uh, Miami to do my NBA program. Shout out to everybody on the board that showed me love for that. Um, but there's one thing that I did want to say I disagree with, um, is this whole notion or idea that, you know, you keep the stab young because you can't relate or whatever. Like, I just don't agree with that. I think uh, you can just see even how Mark Rick manages the media, and you you brought that point up just a few seconds ago. Like, I I watched the interview today, and I was just like, dude, like, you're not even respecting the fans or the media by giving them questions. He had his script already in his mind. You know, he addressed the changes with the coaching staff and he just kind of just blew everybody off and it's just, I think that's what is making it more angrier as a fan and I know I, I am like 305 on the message board, I, I go with everybody, I go with you, I even go with Matt but I, it's just it makes it frustrating as a fan and as a contributed member It's because it's like it's like he ref- it's it feels like he's arrogant at this point and it's just looking down on us like I know what I'm doing I, I got this and it's like you don't have this you're not relatable and everything you're doing is just completely backfiring in your face so that's all I got Gary I didn't want much because uh, everybody's already went off and I don't need to be the second or third or 15th person that goes off on you tonight all right, right, doing man. What you're doing? Hope you got it man thank you tonight. for calling
1: yeah. in right, you problem. too Thanks for calling in, man. Let's go to five one three, you're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Five one three going once, twice. All right, next time. Let's go to the uh seven eight six, you're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Hey, seven eight six. There you are. Hey Gary, you hear me? Yep, go ahead. Who's this?
12: Hey, this Wood, man. I'm a new caller, man.
1: Hey, what's up, Wood? Welcome to the show. What you got for us? Good, man. You know, I'm just, I
12: usually just, you know, call just to listen. But, man, I'm so frustrated with this program. I had to call in, man. I mean, I can't sleep, Gary, man. It's just, it's frustrating, man. I mean, I'm looking at these other programs, right? Okay, Florida State. They're five and seven, Gary. Mm-hmm. Five and seven. They're not making a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And what are they ranked in the rankings, Gary? What are they, I, uh, Eleven, twelve.
1: Um, no, I don't think it was that high. But they're 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 higher. They're they're high.
12: They're, last time I checked, they were. 13, they're
1: thirteenth. No, you're right. They're
12: thirteenth. Yeah. Gary, they were five and seven. I know. Oh. And we're over here, like I'm, like how can we, like a team did? None of their recruits are wavering. None of them. Like I don't understand. I knew when they hired Tiger, he was gonna run circles around Rick, recruit circles.
5: He's
12: he's relatable. I have met him. He's relatable. He's a player's coach, Gary. I have a son. He's you know he's he's coming up in the rankings. He's, he's in the tenth grade. I've met Tiger. There's no way when they when they hired Tiger, I said there's no way Rick's gonna out recruit this guy. No way. And I'm and I'm I'm right. Am I not right, Gary?
1: Right now you are. We'll <laughs> see how it finishes I mean, out. But right right now you're right. I'm shocked because I don't really think were a lot of Taggart.
12: Seven, Gary. They didn't make a bowl. They were terrible. And now recruiting us by thirty spots. I mean, he's going to take over the state eventually. Once I don't they know start, about I, that. I mean, imagine if he starts winning games, Gary.
1: One I'm most, I'd be most you know worried about I mean? is Florida. Florida's picking up traction real fast.
12: and we had a chance to hire him, didn't we? And we passed what, up. Mullen? He wanted a job twice. Mullen, yeah. Right? No doubt. Twice. Yeah. He wanted to come down here. But we went with this freaking retread that got let go at Georgia for, 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 you know, coming up short. But we figured he'd mm-hmm. come down here and, and you know. Like, come on, Gary. I'm just, man. I'm just. Frustrated. I know you got other calls, with Gary. but I'm just frustrated. I oh, mean, hopefully tomorrow goes. I don't know how tomorrow's gonna go, but, but let me ask you. Uh, with uh, this, this kid Hunter, are we are we out of it with him, Derek Hunter?
1: Uh, I I wouldn't say out of it. I think he's going to Florida State, but we don't know for sure. He's probably one of those kids yeah. Mark Rick was talking about when he said they don't really know what's going to come or go tomorrow.
12: Yeah, I like that kid, man. I seen him play personally. I think he's going to be. I think. I think he's good. I think he's going to be a beast, Gary. Mm-hmm. So is, is he announcing tomorrow for sure? Or is he going to wait till? Uh, I think
1: so. Yeah, I think he'll announce. Okay. He'll announce tomorrow. Yep. Okay. All right, man. All
12: right, keep me on hold, Gary. Appreciate. All right, that. man. Hang in. Hang.
1: Hang in there. We'll uh and, yeah, and Gary, give us. Man. Give us a call down the road. <sighs> right, <there> <laughs> I I I feel your frustration. Hang in there. Oh, God. <laughs> you could like feel it right through the phone lines. Let's go to the uh three one eight. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
9: What's going on, Gary? You know, it's just Port City Kane and uh we didn't y'all didn't come to Shreveport, so at least you got that wish. But let me say this <laughs> <laughs> I can't understand how fans root for a team named the Hurricanes and they can't survive a storm. <laughs> I mean, cause if you root, if you root for the Hurricanes, how then can you say that, hey, look, I can't survive a
1: storm? And uh I think it's a cumulative <laughs> effect. I mean, this is not a one-year thing. This is this is going on for over a dozen years now. It's a it's just it's weird on and, people.
9: And let me say and, every- and I'ma say this, and I'm gonna, yeah, let me say this, Gary, because I'm gonna hurry up and get through. But I'ma say this. South Florida has more mercenary players per capita than anywhere in America. I mean, hey, look, and God bless the coaches that recruit South Florida guys because it's hard because when you go in there you look at a guy, you have a guy that come to your practice more than uh, the the, uh, equipment managers and still go to another school. They come to the practice more than the equipment managers and still go to another school. And the whole thing of it is, everybody's getting mad with the play calling. But again, football is a line of scrimmage game, and if you can't block when I go uh, when I go uh, pro action or when I go uh, play action, then you know it's a, I'm limited in the number of plays I can call. I just can't call it because you can't block it. And then it's not like this, but the people that they recruited, guess what? Somebody else wanted them. But well, we were just the unlucky people to get them, <laughs> you know, because it was somebody else that wanted them. But I just think that uh, what we had to do as fans is—I know it seemed like the sky is falling, but I just want to say the same thing that Sebastian said. You know, we had to remember that uh, that Notre Dame a couple of years ago was four and eight; they were four and eight, and now they're in the playoffs. They did make changes, they did do this, but it's—it's it's things that happen. You got to look at it. Ohio State lost by more than 20 points to an unranked team this year, and they're still in the playoff. So, but I think some of the time we just had to calm down. I think that some of the time I think that Mark Rick may be uh, not communicating because some of the time coaches get pissed just like everybody else do, and some of the fans do kind of are a little extra. They go, mm-hmm. and ain't nothing wrong with being passionate, but some of them go above and beyond that, and if that's the only thing that you've heard, then some of the time, you know, like they say, if you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. But I just hope Mm -hmm. that we come in and finish well. And, uh, you know, who knows? You know, we recruited a whole lot of four-star guys and they didn't work out. Maybe some of these guys do work out. And then it gives us a lot more flexibility in terms of if we don't get the numbers that we want to, to still be a player in the graduate transfer game. And I think that's what's really going to help us because you get a physically a much more physically mature player. But, hey, Gary, I want you to have a great Christmas and a happy
1: new year and keep doing what you're doing. All right, Port City, man. Thank you for calling in. All righty, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. I uh, want to thank everybody that called in. Uh, intended for it to be a little more of a recruiting show, but it's just you, know, you feel everyone's frustrations just with the general state of affairs. Um, we'll see how things go here with recruiting. Uh, you got the bowl game coming up in a, in about a week and a little more. And uh, Hey, all we can do is just happens and, uh, and go from there. So I'll schedule a cane sport live after the game. Uh, I'm not sure what day yet. I got to take a look at the calendar and try to try to find a good, a, a good day for us, but uh, we'll do it and um, evaluate where things stand as the Canes head into 2019. So once again, thank you to everybody that participated. Thank you to Sicilian Oven for, once again, sponsoring tonight's show. Make sure you go to one of their six locations. Go to SicilianOven.com. Find the nearest one to you and uh, get yourself some good Italian cooking here as you wind down towards the new year. We'll see you next time, everybody.